wait a minute, like you're going to really push all of that stuff, but you're going to take away cameras? Like what? The- That's what I'm saying. I don't understand. What's the purpose? Some Karen probably bitched about it. <laughs> Said, you know, got, got her picture taken, taking a dump in the woods. Ended up yeah. on Facebook. That will happen. Could have been your serial shitter. <laughs> yeah. that, that will happen. Uh, yeah. The Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Deer Grow. Man, it's almost food plot season, Jared, and Deer Grow is one of those products that has really changed the way that we plant food plots and the success we've seen from them. No doubt. I've been, you know, trying to plant food plots my, my entire you know, whitetail hunting career, which is a little shorter than yours. But the minute that I started or that I, you know, I realized that I could get Deer Grow back into some of these remote plots where I couldn't get lime or fertilizer, especially in the 50-pound bag, you know, format, mm-hmm. so everything was changed. You know, I could get into these spots uh, moving forward with a, with a backpack sprayer, and that since escalated to these 40 or 60 uh, gallon sprayers and we're doing upwards of you know five to ten acre food plots just with your grow and having phenomenal success yeah and i mean with the price of fertilizer lime diesel everything this year i mean what better way to get in there and grow a successful food plot at about a third of the cost check out deer grow at deergrow.com and we're back hey on our podcast episode 119. Welcome back, Nick. Uh, thank you. Uh, vacation, vehicle issues. Yeah. I'm not sure where we left off. I, it feels like I haven't, you've aged. I know. <laughs> you've aged since we've seen you last. Nick, where do you work? Are they, are they, are they hiring? <laughs> Seems like a pretty sweet gig. <laughs> it is a pretty sweet gig. Dude, I uh, have a funny story for you guys quick. Jeremy knows a little bit about mm, it. but uh, A little bit. So the whole situation with my car, right? Like I would be getting down to like low fuel. And then all of a sudden, I would be accelerating, and then my wait. Car all of a sudden, you'd be accelerating. No, no. So like, I'd just be going on a road, right? Yeah. Just be and then you would accelerate. Yeah. And right. then everything would just stop. All the lights would come on in my dash, right? Yeah. I take it to the shop, pay some money to get it fixed, and it would just die in one start. Yeah. So your alternator? No. It, it your fuel just quit. It's quit, good. Quit ruining the story. <laughs> okay. It gets good. It gets, it's yeah, funny. It gets really good. So I'm waiting. I'm on the way here. <laughs> Punchline's coming. To, to pick up footage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it happens again. So I call the... the after it was in the garage. Yeah, after. Yeah. After, what did they do when it was in the garage? Uh, it was a s- oxygen sensor. Ah, uh, the sensor. Yeah. The sensor repair. Yeah. Okay. So that mm-hmm. happened. I, ca- I call the garage. They come to pick me up on a tow truck. And the guy goes, I don't think there's any gas in your car. <laughs> So this whole time I've just been running out of gas <laughs> and my gas gauge is messed up. Oh, uh, your gas gauge is messed yeah. up. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, the whole time I've just been running out of wow. gas. Wow. Yeah, how would you know? He's uh, like, uh, I don't know. I haven't put gas in it for <laughs> two months. You're like, I, it seems like I've had a half tank here for a long time now. Yeah, like it would say I had like 50 miles to E, but mm. I would run out. So No mile. Wow. Yeah, he towed me to his sheets. I put gas in it, drove it, and you know. How did you get it out of the garage the first time? How did I you get You didn't out drive of it? it off the lot. Yeah, but he, he would have been out of gas. Yeah, he, no, but you only yeah. went like. Yeah, I put gas like in a it. Like cu- a couple miles, yeah. right? Yeah. So you drove it, and, but it ran out of gas. How it did, did it even start? So it started back up, and then I put gas in it. So I th- just, it probably had a little bit of fumes. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised it started being completely out of gas. Me too. Is what I'm saying. Me too. That's why I was so confused by the whole thing. But the guy, the tow guy comes and he goes, I think you're out of gas, buddy. <laughs> You're like, listen, hey, hey. I may not be an automotive yeah. expert here, hey, but buddy. I know if my truck or my vehicle has gas. Does this car ride on uh, gasoline, buddy? Yeah, so, so this whole time I've just been hey, running guy. out of gas. 
<laughs> wow. It's funny. Yeah. He just like, pees in the gas tank. Like, He's like, seems like you're fixed now. Sounds like my wife. You guys have yeah, similar. <laughs> Except yeah, her gas gauge isn't broken. It just runs Right. Out. Hers is fully intact. <laughs> as far as I know. She'd uh, like to blame it on a gauge, but. Well, hey, at least you figured it out. Yeah. How much did that O2 sensor cost you? 500 bucks. Oh. Yeah. 500 bucks for somebody to tell you that you're. Yeah, uh, that I'm out of gas. Out of gas. Yeah. It's breathing yeah. well now. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Well, glad we got that resolved, you know. Yeah, me too. Me too. At least you're cut. Yeah, at least it's a you know so a, a you, fixable issue. Did yeah. you replace the the fuel gauge yet? Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. And I'm out of gas. <laughs> I just keep it at a half tank. Now. There you go. That's a yeah. good bet. I track your mileage. That's what yeah. I have to do, like with my motorcycle. It's like there is no fuel gauge. It's just uh, I know I get 100 miles on a tank. Okay. Oh wow! And I've got a reserve. Mm. I have run out on it, and I had to yeah. use the reserve to get to a uh, station. Interesting. <laughs> How much how much uh, buffer do you think they build in? Like, I don't know. I've pushed mine. I've to pushed the, mine to the limit. Well, recently, so, and this will tie into our guests really well. <clears throat> so, uh, two was it two years ago now, where it was you and I and the two Coltons going to North Dakota, mm -hmm. and so yep. I'd been driving for quite a bit. So I decided to take a nap and let Jared drive. And I wake up and uh, Jared, we're, doing, we're doing the math. Jared's white knuckle and next to me, I'm like, what is this problem? I look at the thing and it's like two miles to empty on there. And we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like yeah. there's nothing around us. And he's like, I, I know that on, we had a camper on too, right? Yeah. Truck he's like, I camper. know there's, I know there's one up here. I yeah. know it's up here. I know it's I up here. I was doing the math of like how many miles we had versus like what it was telling yeah. me. And I was like, if I, if I let off the gas so much and get X amount better oh, gas mileage. We were, we were playing the we game. We posted on like 0.001. Oh yeah. Because we didn't know how much buffer was built in. Yeah. We made it. Yeah. If they're smart. They're, we they, pushed it to the, to the brink. There's, so. there's gotta be a healthy amount. They, they gotta assume that people are just dumb. On like a 35 gallon tank, that thing took like 36 gallons. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was losing, uh, I was, I was losing mileage by the minute because, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. because of my load, you know, how heavy yeah. the, uh, yeah. the, the camper was, you know, how heavy the load is. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. We get it. But, um, speaking of North Dakota. Yeah, man. That's where our guest is from today. Yep. Not too far from Canada. Yep. He's up there. Uh, so we've got Lucas Psycho. Yeah. Who, who? So from, from an intro standpoint, I'm, we'll definitely mess up, but I know at least uh, we'll know Lucas from, from White Knuckle mm -hmm. back in the day, who, mm -hmm. if, if you can recall, um, you know, what was a, a video series? L Lucas can, can get more into it. Mm -hmm. um, Todd Pregnance was a, a big part of that, who, yep. who passed away. Um, I'm not sure how many years ago now. Two but years. Was that a, a four-wheeler accident? Mm -hmm. Is that what it was? Yep. Iowa guy. Uh, just a, a freak for, for sheds. You know, you've probably seen some videos of uh, of mm -hmm. Todd geeking over some, some giant sheds that he yep. found on his farm and stuff. But um, th that's, I think, was uh, at least my initial exposure to, to Luke. And then more recently found out that our, our buddy Nick mm -hmm. um, has, has hunted with... Uh, with Luke, and so we just made the connection, and um, you know, Luke seems like a, an awesome dude. So we're like, well, we need to connect and get him on a podcast, and uh, here we are. We got you, Lucas. I'm here, man. <laughs> All right, brother. What's up, dude? Perfect. Yeah, how's it going? Well, going good. Going good. Now that Nick's got gas in his vehicle and uh, not breaking <laughs> down, great. you know. Yeah, uh, we we don't get to catch up enough here, Luke. You know, we we do these podcasts yeah. once, twice a week, and so usually the first like 10, 15 minutes, we, we got to all catch up with each other, and um, for sure. So, anyways, but you're welcome, welcome to join in on that. So, all right, yeah, cool, yeah, good well, to be here, guys. 
Well, man, I guess give us a little breakdown and everybody listening. Um, so obviously we kind of talked pre-podcast. You're in the northwest corner of North Dakota. Um, yep. You know, would you say that you're uh, a whitetail guy over a muley guy? Is it a split difference? How, how are you feeling up there? Yeah, whitetail, 100% most likely. Wow. But I've, I've shot mule deer. Yeah. And it's getting it's getting more intriguing just 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 as I get older here to go and start chasing some muleys. I need to get a... I need to get a, a monster muley on the wall with the archery, you know. Very I've cool. Shot, I've shot them with bow, but I got to get a big one. Yeah, well, if they're, really they're more of just a problem for you, you know, if you need somebody to take care of your muley mm. problem. Yeah, mm. man. You guys got to, yeah, you guys got to get <laughs> to work. That seems to be here. the issue. So do you you own some ground up there? Are you living on a fa- like family deal or? Yeah, we, yeah, my wife and I, we've got 27 acres, but it's it's just it's just a big alfalfa field right now. So wow. um, not, nothing to hunt on it, but we're right on the river bottom. So it's, uh, it's, it's a phenomenal like location, okay. but I don't hunt on my own property. It's all probably 95% public. Hmm. Public. Right. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And that what's, uh, what's the program up there that we hunted a lot on? Oh, the it's dots. Like <laughs> I forget. What, what's the walk on program? Like, pl- up there? like plots, plots, like plots. plots and, yeah. 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 That's what we hunted and, a yeah. lot. Yep. Yeah, it'll be like that. Look, like, I think that one's like all red dotted and stuff yep. all over the map. I think, right? Yeah. On, on Onyx. Uh, yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, Lucas, I guess give everybody a little bit of intro in terms of you know, um, kind of as Jared said, you know, uh, our first kind of probably encounter with you in in the space from a content side would have been been on the white knuckle side. Um, yeah. You know, and and obviously working with with Todd and those guys and. You know, and I, you know, transparently, I kind of recognize the white knuckle side from the Iowa standpoint because of Todd and deer like Walter Payton and things like that. But, um, yeah. you know, I guess maybe break down some of your involvement there and, and, you know, go from, go from there. Uh, yeah, I guess it, it really started when, uh, uh, the, the, to tie it all in, like, it's kind of a funny story. I, I, we all got these buddies that will book trips and then bail the last second. Yeah. I'm sure, <laughs> yes. I'm sure everybody out there listens. We got like, oh yeah, I know who it is. Yeah, They're Jared's saying me. Yeah, me. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you're talking to, he, one, you're talking to one of them right now. <laughs> but yeah, my, my buddy's gotten better over the years about it. But anyways, he, he begged me and begged me and begged me. He was like a, he watched these hunting videos nonstop and you see, you know, all like, back in the day, you know, early two thousands or whatever, you know, he'd be Illinois, you know, Peoria, Illinois, those, all those like, yep. highly managed properties and, and guided hunts and stuff. And he just wanted to go on one so bad. And he already worked in the oil field and he's living with me and my girlfriend at the time when we were going to college. And he, he just begged and begged and begged for a couple of years. And finally, he, he's, he's just like, dude, would you just go? He's like, I just got this bonus at work. I'll pay for the tags. I just want somebody to go with. I was like, see, Jared right. doesn't do that for me. Yeah. I was like, all <laughs> I right. He wanted, to go <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to go bad, you know? So I was like, whatever, dude. I was like, guided hunt stuff is not for me, though. So like a week out, he cancels. And I'm stuck with this tag. No. And I'm like, I don't feel like driving to Illinois by myself. I'm just like, I don't feel like it. I didn't want to go to this thing anyways, you know? And, and so I call the guy and I'm like, I'm just not going to come, dude. I'm not going to come. And he's, he's wondering you know, why. And I'm like, I'm just not driving down there, man. And I was like, it's too far. You know, I'm not going down there. I, really, I said, I didn't really want to come on this anyways. I'm not <laughs> mean, but I just didn't want to. And he's like, well, what, what if, what if, uh, he's like, what if I let somebody come with you and they can just hunt, you know, just hunt with you. This guy just really wanted somebody to show up, I think, you know? And so I was like, well, I was like, I'll, I'll ask my dad. So 
it'll make it make it a cool trip for me and my dad. We've never done it, you know, something like that before. So I was like, all right, I'd be down if that's the case. So my dad said he'd come with. So we talked to him. He's he come hunt for free, whatever, essentially using the other guy's tag, right? Yep. And uh and so we come down, we went head down to Illinois and um you know, actually I killed the first morning. Just it was kind of stupid, dumb luck. I, I called a buck right off of a, he just swam this little lake and he started coming up the ridge with some does and I just ripped at him. He kind of felt just kind of ridiculous because I, I see, see him run by with a doe. I, I rip at him just kind of like, well, oh, I'm in Illinois. I'm going to rip at him. I have nothing below me. It was like no brush. It's just in this bare open woods, whatever. Let's just see if she goes rip at him, spun him around. And he walked right to the base of my tree and I shot him. <laughs> He's a nice, nice 130 inch four by four. Mm-hmm. And so that whole thing goes through, but how to tie this in the, in the, how to the white knuckle was the guy that had the, had the place down there. His son was with white knuckle at the time. Uh, it was, uh, it, w- it would be Quinn and, uh, it was Quinn Ryer and Derek Graham. So Derek Graham was the one that his, his dad, we were hunting with there, their place. And so I brought a bunch of my self-filmed footage and, and you know, with me and, and, uh, showed him a bunch of it and he was kind of like whoa you know like this is really good and so he had his his son look at it and he's so he they started making calls and over the next two weeks and todd got 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 a got a hold of that footage and i get a call just one day and at that point i would i had already started watching their stuff as he brought it up the first time and so i got familiar with these guys and i was like ooh. Like these are these are my dudes. These are the type of guys that you know. This is what I do. This is how wacky I am about deer. And uh, so he calls and you know offers a position on the on the team. And and I was right there. Like it was funny as being like whatever, twenty years old, nineteen, twenty years old. Right there, I was like, oh, I made it. I made it. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) Not knowing, not knowing anything like now, now, right? Like (laughs) that's not what that meant at all. Yeah, but. I was like, oh, I'm doing my dream job already. Barely got out of high school. And uh, so <laughs> so we went, went from there, started filming with those guys and, you know, met a lot of, lot of good dudes. And Todd Prignitz became a real close friend of mine. And, you know, rest in peace to him and, and uh, miss the guy every day. But, yeah, it was, it was just, I think the, the best part about doing something like that was just meeting everybody, you know, and getting close to Todd and, and uh, sharing all of, sharing everything that we did, you know, everything that was happening all year round and, and uh Kyle, Kyle the editor, he was he was always awesome. We'd you know have phone calls and stuff about the footage and and uh getting to know all those guys and and so I got out of it just because over over the years I started making more money at work and yeah, I didn't really need the sponsorship stuff anymore. It was like I don't know, I, I kind of got tired of the industry thing of it. Yeah, you know, kind of just like ah, kind of feeling a little bit not good about it. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to step away and, you know, and just, I still film, I still self film all my stuff. I mean, I mean, just because I like to do it, it's the challenge of it, but, um, I haven't shared anything in, in years. It, but, is, is white knuckle still around? I don't think they're doing anything. They did some podcasts and stuff for a while, but they haven't re- released any videos in a long time. And it started as primarily like a YouTube channel, right? It was never, it was never like a, I can't remember if it actually hit we did like some short stuff on, on YouTube, but what, but, the, but it was more DVDs. DVDs. It, yeah. It was just coming out on DVDs and then they started the, uh, uh, it was like white, white tails incorporated. 
on YouTube. Okay. And then and then they do like like rough cut stuff, like raw footage, like mm-hmm. more in depth of of each each person's season. Is um yeah. is Johnny Utah a part of that deal? Not anymore. No, he was no, at one no. point though. Yeah, he did. Yep, he was. He was right towards towards the end of it. Yep. And Wicked Tree yep. Gear is uh, that was also uh, that was one of Todd's yep. companies, right? That was yep, yep, a, a premise of the deal. Okay. Yeah, and then I think he and he and uh, Johnny uh, John Mulligan partnered up on that. Yeah. And then they and uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, what's his name? David. Gosh, down in Texas, Tecamati, Bucks of Tecamati. David, David Morris. David Morris. Yeah, yeah, and then I think that company bought yep. Wicked. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah, I remember watching, you know, some of the white knuckle stuff on uh that was the same time frame when I was watching like Bow Hunter Die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like on YouTube mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff. Was the guy who's who's that older gentleman that's on uh I see his hunts now on uh you know THP for the most part. Ted Miller. Ted, yeah, Miller, Ted Miller just you know kills him out of the same tree on a horizontal rub every year. Just yeah. just the yeah, that guy is freaking awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so and so he he was a part of the white knuckle stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. So so is Justin Czar and and uh, uh what was the other guy's name with bow hunting? Todd. Uh, Todd. 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 Yeah. Todd yeah. Graff. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think they they were on white uh, white knuckle there for wow, a while. Wow, man. So they, that they, that's crazy. I didn't realize that kind of everybody was that before was bow hunter died or kind of at the same time. I think it was like right in that same time frame. Like yeah. they started it right during that. Yeah. yeah. And then they finally kind of got their stuff growing and then stepped away and. Huh. And that so, became yeah, I got to meet a lot of cool people and you know all that it was it was a it was a cool group of people and Todd Todd has a lot of stories from like with Andre DeQuisto yeah uh, and so there was a lot of cool stuff that went back with that like Todd helped engineer engineer and design that like like one of the first lone wolf models or you know like that. we t- we talked to Andre not that long ago and he mentioned Todd uh, specifically by name as, yeah. as somebody that was like the most ate up with white tail deer hunting he'd ever, he'd ever met yeah yeah you know? he, he was man that's why that's why he and I just clicked because I mean that's, that's yeah. the way this brain oh, works up here dude I can remember uh, a time I think it was at the old office like Jeremy and I were just like losing our minds over that there was a video of Todd finding this giant shed and we're like this dude is absolutely geeking over this thing like it was yeah. the funniest thing we've ever seen you know yeah yeah oh man yeah well you still see that. it man you still see like I see yeah. Todd's face on social all the time you know where it's like you know some meme or something <laughs> and it's him finding Walter Payton or whatever oh yeah. Walter Payton yeah, yeah he that's, picks, that's he the one sucker up, up and he's making that yeah. face and he's screaming yeah. oh my god <laughs> well and you know what's crazy man is like um you know I'm I got to meet Todd probably I don't know a handful of times throughout the industry and and had great conversations but you know there's a lot of people that kind of looked at his style of it and just thought you know he was it, like whether he was acting or he's over the top but it was like no like that that's literally how that dude feels like when he's in that that atmosphere well he's just a super eccentric dude you know yes. and lucas can tell is better than, and i never met him you know but that was just my perception yeah. this dude's like over over the top reactions to yeah you know, and it's, it's, oh, it was, enter- was entertaining for sure yeah hanging around his house man he acted the same way yeah. with anything, <laughs> you know like i mean when he called me he was screaming at me on the phone as i answered it he was screaming psycho psycho what the <laughs> hell am i looking at here holy fuck now look at this he's like, you know, he, he was watching he was part way through my footage and just screaming into the phone just going nuts yeah. and i'm just like i didn't even know what was going on at the first right away i was like who the hell is this and i, was, no. <laughs> and I recognized who it was and he was oh man it was just from that moment on we were just like you know two best buddies it was it was like uh finally somebody on this level you know somebody that's else cool, that's man. Just, 
insane. Well, I think it what's really cool about it is if you look at kind of the time frame when when that white knuckle stuff was going on. I mean, it it was like um it was a pivotal turning point in the industry of kind of what the traditional content was and then stuff like you guys were doing. And at that same time, you so you had, you know, other let's call it digital or web stuff coming out with like, uh, you know, Bill Winky or Grant Woods or whoever else. But, you know, from that like hunting DVD, you know, really trying to capture kind of the enthusiasm around it, you know, there there really wasn't anything else like it. Right. I mean, it was a very new kind of, you know, stretch because everybody was used to, you know, no offense to them, but call it the TV hunting side, which was like, you know, outfitters and same thing over and over and bounce here, bounce there, success, success. And so, you know, which was cool to watch, but like wasn't really relatable to most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just it was it was just in, you know, cut to in the tree stand, explain the setup. Deer comes out in the food plot, smack him, you yes. know, and I, I, I watched the shit out of it, you know, growing up, like, you yep. know, and watch much of that stuff anymore at all. But, um, just, just, you know, for whatever reason, but you know, it was, it was just something that was, when that came along, when I first saw those DVDs, it was, it was finally something that like us, our regular dudes that are out, you know, every waking moment they have throughout the whole year. You know, that's, that's what it showed, right? It showed your shed hunting, your spring scouting, you know, all that stuff, your summer velvet, uh, you know, which, which actually is, you know, some of the most fun, you know, uh, for us because we see what the hell, what what are we going after this year? You know, what's out there. Mm. So yeah, it was, I I agree. I agree with you. It was kind of some of the first stuff that came along that had it, you know, from, from one end of the season to the end, to, you know, I guess never ending season. That was one of the DVDs actually. So it's like, you know how it is. Yep. just doesn't end. Well, and that's what was, I think, so interesting about it is because, you know, traditionally we watched whatever, starting in July through December, January, hunting shows that captured hunting season. Yet most of us yep. did the things year round or on the outside of the season that we never saw anybody documenting. Like nobody nobody showed those or, or talked about it until kind of that that split period right there where you know, you started to document and show those things. Um, and frankly, it was a risk, right? Because it was so different. Like we didn't know how people were going to necessarily react to that. Right. You know, they really yep. going to care that we're walking around finding sheds. Like, I mean, think about that yeah. 20 years ago, you know, would you ever have thought like people would be tuning in to watch 15 minutes of somebody walking around trying to find a shed? You know, I mean, that's, it's crazy to think that, but you know, in today's yeah. society at least, but back then it was non-existent. Well, the platform for it didn't really exist, you know, like a 22 minute show format, like really wasn't conducive to like, you know, you it, it's highlights, you know, yeah. in that condensed of a format, like the season really does require, uh, you know, there's so many different aspects of it. that could take so much time. You need something like a YouTube or like, a, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, a social feed throughout the year to, to really, you know, if you're trying to document all that stuff accurately, but. Well, and I don't know, is it going to go away? Because I mean, to people's attention span is going down by the day. Is what uh, everybody, oh, wants, every, like everybody wants the shorts. Everybody wants shorts these days, you know. Shorts, and, uh, TikTok, yeah. yeah. Is what gonna go away though? Is is that long form film? You know, like how much how much more are they really gonna be? You know, people are gonna be into that. You know, I'd like to say that I'm gonna stay into it because I like watching the long form stuff. But sure. I grew up around it too, you know. Yeah. And so now you can new generations. It's just like swipe, 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 Hard short, to say. Short, short, yeah. Short. So I don't know. It might. I, I think uh, I think there's an opportunity, like from an entertainment standpoint, 
Um, you know, there's, there's a few guys that do, you know, really good production work. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's a production as much as it is a hunt mm -hmm. and I can watch, yeah. I can sit down and watch that for, you know, 45, I could watch a full deal on that. You know, Harlan Bowhunter comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but there's, yeah. there's others that like, you know, can barely put together a 22 minute format, you know, that have, uh, you know, shows on the outdoor channel and stuff. And I'm like, that, that is going away. Right. And, sure. and uh, debatably, you know, or un it's understandable, I guess, you know, we have just less tolerance for, okay, I'm not going to watch, you know, three commercials before I get to a kill shot. Like I go to YouTube and I'll fast forward three quarters away mm, to yeah. the video. Here's where the thing spikes. And, and that's that, um, I don't know, dude, we, we talk about it all the time. Uh, you know, and not that we necessarily want to spiral down it on this, this podcast here, but the, the state of, um, like content or, you know, or, or, you know, mm -hmm. video consumption in, in the hunting industry is like, um, it just isn't, uh, you know, what people want is that short, you know, instant dopamine release. That I want to watch and, and get something in 30 seconds. But uh, not only yep. is the hunting, you know, not only is hunting not conducive to that, that's not what hunting is. Um, those platforms also don't want us on there. You know, yeah. they don't want, oh, yeah. they don't want that 30 seconds that we actually want to see. Um, and right. so it's like, yeah. you know, we're kind of, box out in every direction on that you know f you know frankly jeremy and i have kind of a you know as do some other guys you know a loophole here with this podcast and that um number one we don't have to trouble ourselves you know to, to bring mm -hmm. you know uh, turn our hunts into a whole production it's not something we want to do anyways um and as far as putting stuff out there for people to see it's just this it's us here sitting at a table having a conversation there's no yeah. there's no real threat at, at this point of <laughs> Yeah. an animal's life you know and, and it is long form you know so you have to you have to get this on you know either youtube or you know fortunately spotify apple yeah. podcast stuff like that but yeah i think it'll be interesting to see because i mean i you know i think some people have done a really good job even now going from let's say 15 minutes to 10 to 7 right in in a seven minute youtube which frankly you know is about long form in today's society you know, they're getting yeah. a lot accomplished. They're getting high watch through rates and stuff, you know, and, and that's even, you know, just from daily life. Like I even know with myself, like it's hard for me to sit down and watch something that's 30 minutes straight. Like I get distracted, kids are yelling at me, whatever. Like it, it's yeah. just not easy to do. And so, you know, I think that as people were able to be, you know, effective in their storytelling, but also efficient in the time manner that they're delivering it, that's probably what you're going to see. You know how else is about to, I saw something from him yesterday. Uh, who else I think it does a really nice job that I could sit down and watch for an hour straight is, is Donnie Vincent does nice stuff. Yeah, Donnie does great stuff. We really yeah. need to try to get Donnie on here at some point. What's well, good storytelling. That The stuff that gets yeah. you pulled in, yep. I think, is is where it was. You know, and, and I think when you throw it back to like when you guys were starting and you know, even with what Todd and, and, and Justin do on Bow on or Die or even what Winky was doing, it was so new that it was like a 25-minute of this like i'll watch this or an hour dvd or hell like we still watch whatever it is four hours of whitetail adrenaline like i'll still watch those guys and and whatever they Dude, do midwest whitetail when i stumbled across them in i don't know two, 2000 uh whatever 15 i watched every single season like every single episode every single season i i, I caught up and like it took me two three weeks but yeah. that's, that's all i did yeah in college i just like didn't go to classes i just watched midwest <laughs> yeah. whitetail for three weeks straight <laughs> It's good stuff. It's yeah. good. It was, stuff, it was right? the best. I was, yeah, I watched yeah. all of it. So I watched a it lot was, of the. It was that was deer porn. That stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. Was like epic, man. Like, and, yeah. You know, I mean, it was. 
it was cool. I what, mean, you got to see all kinds of landscape. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What you're saying, though, is, you know, dude, anybody can kill a deer on film. You know yeah. what I mean? It's harder to kill a big old mature, but you know, deer mm-hmm. on or or however whatever species you're talking about. But but very few people uh, can can really be our good storytellers yeah. and can document that. I mean, I think that's that's the ticket for those longer productions. You know. Well, and I think you have to look in in this space. You know, obviously the entertainment value of it has to be there, but you know, whether it's YouTube or whatever, I mean, most of these people are watching this stuff because they want to, they want to get better at their craft, right? They want to become more educated. They want to understand like what this person did. So, I mean, think of the last time you, you watched a, like a really good video. Um, I would push back on that a little bit. I'll let you finish. You don't think that they want to educate themselves? Well, I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know if it I is mean, most people. 90, I don't watch hunting stuff because I want to learn stuff. Well, I, I'm just saying, but 90% of people watch YouTube for education purposes or how to do something. I, yeah, you're you're probably right. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's a fact. Factual. I think there's that's some fact. Some big. I think I think I think I know where you're going with it, Jared. Right? It's that nostalgic feeling. I want to be that, entertained. I want to I want to immerse yeah, my. That, I want to experience it. Yeah. And, yeah, and you're seeing it, and you're imagining yourself being right there, and it's, it's like it. create that that environment that you're you're watching it on t- on TV, but you're like almost there, you yeah. know, like dude. And like that's that where I think YouTube's gonna start to kill you off in terms of your mindset around that, because I think per what Lucas is saying about things going shorter, you're gonna have more people saying, you know, hey, here's here's how to find buck beds, or here's how to read, you know, leeward ridges, or whatever it might be, versus. Yeah. Like, let's just have the hunt and the story and everything around you're, it. You're right. Hence my confusion around, like, you know, there's guys, uh, <clears throat> no, no offense to any of these guys, but there, there's guys, you know, that are, here's how you do it, guys. You know, you, you got- Well, Jeff Sturgis, Sturgis, who's a good friend of ours, sits in front of a whiteboard yeah. and people watch the shit yeah. out of it, you including me. Sturgis, Higgins, uh, who, who else is in the here's how you, do, you know, even uh, Infault, who we talked to you last yeah, week. yeah. I, I doing get it. Right it. Now. You know, there's good information. Winky's doing it, but I'm like, who watches this? I'm like, what do you like? Why? What are you watching? Apparently, this apparently yeah. 100,000 people because that's how many people. I know. There's a lot of people. I know. There's a lot of people. Dude, Lucas, to your comment though about like the nostalgia, I, no joke, like you guys can make fun of me for this. I used to, like, I went to college in downtown Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I used to, like, for whatever reason, what did it for me was like the, the chill step, like um, the, the, you know, type of music, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, I just, for whatever reason, I just could, it, I could just see that I could see the slow-mo honey <laughs> sequences. Yep. I would put my headphones in and walk down East Carson street and across the 10th street for just envision just sl- the yeah. slow-mo drive. And I would put that chill step on just, you know, to, to put me in that mindset. You're like the American psycho meme right now. Do you, like, well, this is in my headphones while I'm walking. We need to post too. somewhere, dude, there's a freaking video. We'll put, we'll put it on. I, I filmed like with my GoPros, first GoPro I ever got in it was like a three foot wide alley by it wasn't even 20 yards it was like 15 yards it was mm-hmm. like our house and on east carson street i made like this slow-mo video of me like shooting my bow into this target when i was like whatever i'd have been in college 18 19 years old well we've talked about this we were going to do some of these throwback videos at some point because i mean that's on, been, my, that's on my old facebook i think somewhere. my first my first one was sometime around 2099 that was the first film that i like produced for hunting and i'm sure i was like just shooting does in the face or something yeah <laughs> like black face <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> yes yes but yeah i mean that's probably you know back but i mean it, again it was kind of cool and i lucas i assume this is kind of why you do it like i used to film those hunts 
yeah, at some point, you know, when YouTube became relevant, it was like, oh, cool, put it out. But man, just to go back and watch some of those hunts and like replay it in my head of like how things went or to, you know, kind of relive those hunts. I mean, that's why I did it for a long time and it never, nobody else ever saw it unless I showed it to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I do that. I go back years in the old, you know, external hard drives, you know, and, yep. and look at, look at stuff, you know, I think some, the, the most fun I have with it is sharing it with anybody that comes and hangs out. You know, yeah. I got groups of guys that come up paddle fishing every year. So we'll gather around and show a bunch, you know, a bunch of the shit from the year before and keep yep. everybody updated on that. And, and then at that same time, you know, I, I'm there explaining the whole thing going down, you know, so yeah. you know, that it's, it's that. And then I just got hooked to having that camera in the tree. Um, the shot aspect of it is, is one of those things that, cause I, I shot a deer not too long ago off of off camera and it was driving me nuts that I couldn't see where that arrow hit. Like mm-hmm. post, I, I knew I knew it was a good hit because I seen it go. Like I, I was pretty sure, but you don't that that old thought process goes yeah. through is like, but what if what if it was just a little bit left, a little bit right, whatever. And so that drove me crazy. And so one of the best things about it, just in season wise, is just knowing what happened. You yeah, know? And, no doubt. And because we can, you've seen it a million times. You know, buddy says, "Hey, I, I hit a deer. Let's go track him tonight. You know, can you come help? You go out and try and you know get a feel for where they hit them how wrong are they all almost 80 percent of the time yeah right you know like oh i thought i hit good (laughs) you know you're six seven inches a foot out you know from where you thought you hit and it's it's like that's what i I like that part about it probably the most i guess as far as just from a hunting standpoint is just knowing what happened and then you get to go back and review and 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 see what you could have done better what you know what the deer did why he did that Mm -hmm. and you know, just reviewing everything is, is, is part of, is part of the cool stuff there, you know? Um, I think that's where I've seen kind of the, um, been able to go back and replay like the individual variation on some of these deer that, you know, even these deer that are all, you know, five plus years old, like you've got certain deer that, you know, I've, I've snort wheezed certain deer in. There's other ones that, you know, I, I could just tell by the behavior of that deer, if I snort wheezed at it or if I, yeah. you know, grunted hard at it, that it was, it was not going to respond the way that I had hoped. Um, and it's cool to go back and see those kind of, you know, videos prior to doing those, whatever led to killing them and saying, yeah, you know, I probably recognized that that deer was just pushing these other deer around, or this guy was kind of a loner and just skirting and wasn't sure what was happening. And, um, you yeah. know, in a lot of cases, the deer that I didn't kill, you know, what, you know, what trying to, analyze something that went wrong um you know in that scenario yeah yeah well i think that i think you hit it right on the money there with with the body language thing i mean i think that's a that's a skill in itself like just knowing what deer are feeling or what they're what they're i guess are they alert are they not are they mm-hmm. creeping are they loose are they relaxed are they are they running hard or what, what is, what are they doing? Right. Like, are, they, are, are they 120 or are they 180? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> try not to look right there. You try yeah. not to look right there. You take one peek, you know, it's a shooter and then you just forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> just forget about it. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. I, I think, you know, we, we've gone over things and I've had buddies point out like, Oh, did you see what he did there? And then, and then, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. You know, like, yeah, that is, that is interesting, you know? And, and so just, just learn it, you'll learn more about it, you know, yeah, and that's huge, and, you man. know, 
that's that's me like so so me hunting and filming and doing the whole thing is that's me so i think about my kids my grandkids and, and whatnot you know future grandkids and all that. i feel like if they're gonna know me that's that's where they're gonna be able to find out about dad or grandpa or whatever you know i'm gonna have all this stuff chronicalized and you know and and maybe they'll watch it maybe they won't maybe it'll disappear i don't know but yeah, yeah no, that's, that's, that's a cool way to look at it for I, sure. I yeah. I found um I I went back and watched some clips. <clears throat> there were a few, and I I didn't know it at the time. After I'd shot a buck or whatever, I would you know was watching whether I was talking like an interview or whatever. And I've seen bucks skirt behind me. Like there was another buck coming, you know. And I oh, yeah. know I no idea. And I like look and I'm like is that, like go back and I'm like there he is like just cruising <laughs> yeah. in the backgrounds or something. And so it, it is. It's just. Yeah. You know, you start to to really kind of analyze those things, and and I think from a behavior side, especially, um, you know, there because you know a lot of times like you're you're in the moment, so maybe you're processing and trying to understand the behavior and make a reaction to it, but you're also so focused on getting to the chance of making that shot that you know as soon as it happens, you know, you probably aren't going to be able to accurately, you know discuss what that deer was doing or what the behavior was doing. Whereas if you've got it recorded and you're sitting there watching that deer, you know, you could see those kind of intricacies of, you know, different yep. things, ears laid back, you know, hair bristled up, stiff legging, right. whatever. Um, yep. and I think that's kind of a cool piece of it. You know, in the same breath, I, I've also, um, you know, watched, in fact, it was one, uh, this, one of these Kansas deer over here that I thought was a different deer. And I went back and watched like two days before and I had had that deer on camera when I said, after I killed him, I was like, man, I've never seen this deer before. Like, it, you know, but it was like yep. right at daybreak and I filmed this deer work over and, and smash a scrape. And when I went back, I could see his broken brow and he was a mainframe six by six. I was like, that's that deer. They're, they're deceiving, man. It's, it's so hard for people to, and, and that's why I lump, you know, the 120 versus 180 into your, do people just yeah. don't know about deer? Like, you know, even, even, yep. you know, people who'd say, you know, I'm, I'm a hunter. I'm, you know, I, pr I practice all year long and stuff. It really comes down to uh, exposure, you know, to, to deer, you know, spending time with them, seeing how they, they, you know, whether you're watching, you know, that's where I think information can be gained from watching whatever it is, YouTube videos or just watching deer, mm -hmm. you know, do deer stuff. Um, you know, that, that I think is, is huge. P people way too often will call when they're not supposed to, uh, not call when they should draw when they should, you know, shouldn't or vice versa. And it's like, man, you gotta, you know, first of all, be able to identify the animal, you know, and then interpret, mm -hmm. you know, what they're doing and, and, uh, you know, have some understanding of what you think is going to happen here, you know, and then, and then be prepared to react to, to kill the thing. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah. a big, big piece. Lucas, are you a, are you a blind caller at all? Do you call blindly or are you only when deer in sight? Rarely. No, I rarely, we used to, you know, going back to when I first started bow hunting, uh, that was probably, I don't know, 2002 ish, I'd say something like that. 2003, if I remember right. 2004. Yeah. Summer right. Yeah. Summer right around there, but it was, uh, deer were much more callable back then. And then for like, even that first 10 years of, of bow hunting, they were much more callable up here. And you know, there's, there is a stigma that it's, it's the Dakotas, it's the whatever, you know, and everything's callable. You can just rip at them and they just come running or whatever. And cause it's cause of the hunting pressure thing. Right. 
and uh, the lack thereof, you know. Um, but I think what what happened with us was we had the we had the oil boom mm-hmm. in 08. And about that time, everything exploded up here as far as people. And then it brought, I mean, people from Pennsylvania, from, you know, everywhere, all, all walks of life came here. And, you know, a lot of them are outdoors dudes, right? And so the hunting pressure just went nuts. And so about that time, it took a few years, but it, it dwindled off enough that within the last probably seven years, it's, it's tanked really bad mm. for, for, for calling deer. It's, it's just, it's just not something that really happens very often. Well, dude, the, the two go hand in hand too, I think, because like, as you're looking at a map, all those oil and gas roads, oh, yeah. you can, you can get to like any yeah. piece of public that you want because of that, yeah. nap, that road. Yeah. Network. Yeah. 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 So, so like this corner, like people for the years, I mean, I'm partly to blame, you know, like people would see the white knuckle stuff or whatever, and they'd come up in this area and they'd try to hunt. <laughs> And it would, it would kick their ass, you know, because it is not easy up here. Like the, this is just a different pocket, you know, there's these big river bottoms. It's, it draws everybody, you know, all the people who live up around here within a hundred miles, you know, most of those guys are heading to the river bottoms if they can, you know, you get, you know, a few, few, few bigger cities that not big as in, 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 I guess the, the United States, but you know, around here, the bigger towns, a lot of those guys end up down here. Um, and so it's just, it's just a hub that is, everybody's attracted to it, you know? And so, you know, every, every parking lot's trampled every, you know, there's pickups everywhere and, and people driving around the shed hunting is insane. I, I, I used to pick up 70 to hundred sheds a year, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I'm lucky to pick up five or 10, you oh, know, geez. it's just the so- moose moved in and everybody got after these moose paddles. Oh. And so these moose paddles, you know, they're, they're everywhere. I mean, as far as moose are. And so people are driving the roads first light. I mean, literally right as it's dark, they're driving all these roads, glass in, looking at the moose, seeing if they drop. And then, you know, obviously people are going out finding whitetail sheds at the same time. So Hmm. it's, uh, yeah, this area is, this area is different. It's different, man. It's, uh, so so you uh, guys have Lucas, you guys have whitetails, muleys. Do you have elk? Yep. Elk, Elk, moose, moose, bear. Yep. Antelope. No yeah. bear. No bear. There's there's like a every year there's no like a Montana couple, Grizzlies like, coming over like up way up north, like bear, like a black bear. There was like one yeah. like way up north by the Canadian border. Canadian here, like bear. Last year. But mountain lions, mountain lions are, are, are getting more more prominent. Yeah. You know, and they have a season for those. And is so. there like badlands in that part of North Dakota or is it? Yep. Yep. There is. Yep. Yep. Right in here. Yep. So if Donnie Vincent filmed that that uh, yep. that one video. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the divide. Rivers yeah divide. yeah there you go yeah freaking yep. beautiful country that. dude i remember yeah that's 30 minutes from my house 40 minutes wow. from my house hmm. you know that 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 place that area what was that deer's name it was something stupid like uh, oh, well, i can't steve. remember dale yeah. what was it steve steve yeah steve. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, what's so funny about that is because you think about like that, that corner of North Dakota and we'd say the same about Kansas and stuff. And like the places that were remote and, and didn't have the pressure and in turn had really good deer populations and big deer, not so much anymore, (laughs) or at least more difficult to find. Yeah, um, we're we're our our deer numbers right here in this this area locally for me are way down. Like wow. they're just they're they they feel like they're way down because I'm so I'm so used to we used to drive around you know when I was high school college just out of college and you'd see hunt it wasn't a, 
wasn't out of the norm to see 100 and some deer in the fields left and right, you know. Now you just don't see, <laughs> if you see five or 10 in daylight in a field, you're lucky. Like, like, wow, I'm the first guy to drive by here, you know, all wow. day, you know? And, and so it's just a, it's a different animal now. And I actually, I don't, I don't mind it. Like I've, I've gotten, I've had more fun battling the pressure and figuring out how to hunt around the pressure uh, than I did probably before when I wasn't, I guess, as skilled as a hunter. And, and I was just kind of just going out and, you know, feeling like I was figuring things out, but really it was just deer numbers were up. There's lots more, you know, one, 120 to 150 class deer. Yep. And, you know, it was just a matter of time at that point. And I hunted all the time, but now I hunt way less and I've still been able to kill six and a half, you know, your, your, your age deer consistently, you know, <laughs> and, but it's, and it's all been kind of right in the mix of all these other dudes all the time, you know? It's, it so, seems like, I, sorry, go ahead, Luke. For, sorry. No, no, oh, go ahead. Seems like, you know, from, from Jeremy and I's fairly limited experience with the Dakotas is, um, you know, with, with muleys, it, it's not really, uh, you know, the, the pressures is, is not like, uh, the, the main thing, like, mm -hmm. it, it, cause it seems like, um, you know, all the deer, you know, whitetail and mule, and I'm sure probably an area, the, the elk too, they're all coming to like ag agricultural food sources, right? Um, yep. So you have big giant ag fields or whatever else is planted out there. And then like, um, it seems like the muleys will trickle off in a couple different groups up into the hills. And, and you know, some of them will make it far, some won't make it very far into the badlands. Uh, the whitetails, it seems like, are primarily coming from like the, the, the timbered, you know, uh, river bottoms mm -hmm. and right. like, it's a much more, right. much more concentrated movement. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems like if they can make it to private, they will, like oh, they, yeah. they, they know well, where that line is know. at. So how do, they how know. do, how does that work? You know, I can see, cause we've hunted pressured alfalfa fields for muleys and had success. Um, mm -hmm. if we were to try to, you know, apply the same strategy with whitetails, I think we would struggle because of, of how confined that movement is. And there's guys hunting the private side and it seems like that would be tougher. I think, I think it would be more about finding that right scenario, you know, that right spot, you know, yeah. I think there's still like, I say there's pressure where I'm at, but I think you go, you go, there's all kinds of spots around North Dakota, Montana, South Dakota that you can find that maybe aren't like, they're not as sexy looking yeah. right for deer, but they're there. And then yeah, literally once you figure out where they're at and literally those, those non-sexy areas, that's where you're going to find a, a mega giant. That's, 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 you know, killable because yeah. there's nobody, there may be nobody there, you know? Yeah. And so I think it would be more or less just, you know, bouncing around, finding that right scenario. And, and I think, I think you're, you're going to find it, you know, you what's, it, what's your strategy up there, Lucas? I mean, are you hunting from stands? Are you on the ground spot and stock? I mean, what, what's your primary strategy for oh, whitetails? Picking up hay bale blinds and running with them. <laughs> Yeah. 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 About 50, 50. Yeah. Uh, I guess trees, you know, tree stand. I don't, I don't hunt out of ground blind. It just don't work. I guess for me, I've just never seen them work very often. You got to have them in such a, you got to have them in a place for so long before yeah. they actually get used to them. And you know, most of the time your blind just gets jacked or stolen or whatever messed with, you know, but, but in that long time period that it would need. Right. So I don't mess with those. I, I preferably like to just sit on the ground literally with, nothing no 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 nothing no kind of blind or anything and just uh nestle into some you know some cottonwoods or some diamond willow or whatever that's there and you almost feel a little naked but i've found that deer don't see me as often when i'm kind of not trying to hide as much either it's yeah weird mm. you know mm. but if you're tucked away in these little pockets and stuff and it seems they pick you off but i guess my main strategy would be um 
nowadays is, you know, I use, I still use the river, you know, I hunt off the, hunt off the Missouri river and, uh, come in, come in on the backside of everything in the mornings, especially you got, you got your, you got your water, you got the timber, you got your egg fields. So you make that big circle, you come in behind, you get in there for bedding area hunts and, and whatnot. And then, uh, but I've, I've gotten to know this area so well that there's not a whole lot of prior, there's not a whole lot of prior scouting necessarily. I kind of, I kind of like over the years, I, I keep, I keep tabs on everything up here enough that I kind of get the general idea where these deer like to move from and this and that it's about finding the one I want to shoot mainly, right. you know, yeah. and use the trail cameras, you know, which have kind of, they're fading off in, you know, interest wise for me in the last few years, you know, I like using them, but then I don't like using them. And yeah. then I kind of just get bored with them or kind of feel like, I don't know, maybe I just kind of want to hunt and not know what's going to come, yep. you know, I'm kind of getting more towards that too. But, um, yeah, most, mostly, mostly stuff like that. Um, glass, glass them up if you can, which is, you know, almost impossible nowadays. I used to have a lot of fun velvet scouting Yeah, when you could you'd be out there and you'd get some vel good velvet film. And why do you and, say, and why do you say it's almost impossible? They're just, just the daylight movement where, where you'd actually be able to see them is, is so it's not impossible. It's, it's just the way I used to do it isn't, it'd be impossible to do it that way. So like now I would have to do something out of the ordinary where I have to go and find like a tucked away, like little, little weed patch or something out in the willows. That's like a small growth or uh, that I'd be able to get up in a tree and, and glass from, you know, eight, 900 yards, a thousand yards, or get up high on a hill and glass down into stuff. And it, you just can't go driving down the road, you yeah. know? and just see deer left and right you know it's just not it's not not something that happens anymore but um hmm. i guess more than anything it's just you got you got to either get out and do some walking and then get up high you know or or get out do some walking find, find the tracks you know tracks is probably the easiest way to find a big deer in my opinion yeah. you know go out there and find tracks you know and tracks don't lie the hunter podcast is brought to you by stealth cam Dude, where would we be without our cell cams? I would definitely be divorced at this point. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I mean, the fact is, is I spent more time checking cameras than I actually did hunting prior to cell cameras. Now, at least my wife can enjoy me being in the comfort of my own home, buried in my phone, checking those pictures. Yeah, 100%. And dude, when it comes to uh, trail cameras and definitely cell cameras, reliability is, I think, the number one thing that we're looking for. Stealth Cam just has a long reputation of reliable cameras, and ultimately that is the most important thing to us. They have to work. In terms of reliability, there's not a better camera on the market than Stealth Cam, whether you're talking about the Fusion X, the Reactor, or the DS4K Transmit. And most of them are under 200 bucks. Stealthcam.com. Check them out. Well, I think you know. that's going to be one of the interesting things. You know, we had a lot of people uh, pegging on us this week with Kansas shutting down trail cameras on the department-owned oh, yeah. land, uh, so walking only and stuff. I don't know if it applies to the Army Corps land and stuff yet. Um, you know, yeah. I, I'm kind of with you though, Lucas. I don't really care. Well, you know, I mean, like, right. yeah, me. They, they could they could tell me to not use a camera or you know, any trail cameras from here on out, and I wouldn't I wouldn't even argue. So that's just that's just me. Like, I don't, you know. So my biggest thing is the the main reason I feel kind of locked to them is because I usually hunt a specific deer. So I don't want to go in and just hunt any four-year-old. Like I want to hunt a deer. Mm -hmm. 
And, right. and, you know, maybe even in a, in a North Dakota setting or even a Kansas where there's some more open ground, well, some more visibility, when you get into some of the states or, or you get in a river bottom and there's a bunch of timber, the ability to locate a buck, like, again, to your point, Lucas, you may find a giant uh, track and be like, yep, that's a mature deer. You know, yeah. it, it, it just depends. Is that the deer you want to kill or not? It, it hurts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it hurts non-residents, I think, way more than it hurts. Oh, absolutely. Resident, in that regard, because we don't have the ability to, to go 16 hours to, to, to Kansas to just, you know, glass them up. Yeah. Um, you know, the residents yeah. do have that ability, you know, mm -hmm. whether they... It, well, and I guess my fear is, um, you know, because it's going to hurt the non-residents more is you're going to see more non-residents leasing land in these states you're going to then probably displace a lot more of, I wouldn't, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but your local hunters who aren't super serious, right? They're, they basically were hunting by permission or whatever it might've been. Now they're going to get displaced to the public, mm -hmm. right? Because all of the private's getting leased up. And we're already seeing that in Kansas in a lot of cases. This last year, we saw an enormous amount of <clears throat> Kansas residents hunting public because they've lost out on permission land because it's getting leased yeah. now by non-residents. Yeah. And so, yeah. And you think, do you think maybe the trail camera thing could lead to more of that? I think it's absolutely going to, because I mean, yeah. most of these guys, to Jared's point, like I'm not going to drive out to try to scout public land well, the 16 hours. They're like, I can't, I can't bait on yeah. public land. I can't run cameras. I can't do any yeah. of these things I want to do. And part of it is the, the yep. greed for success. So, you know, so frequently that these guys are going to simply say, well, listen, the five of us should just go and lease this farmer's land for $10,000. Well, that displaced seven locals who now have to go the, and hunt. The public. camera thing, I do think is kind of dumb. Like I, I would, uh, I would much rather, I'd <clears throat> way prefer to see them get rid of something like baiting in a state like Kansas than I would trail cameras like i i well, don't I mean what, what was the reason behind so they had it two two big things number one was privacy that there's people out there on public land that don't want to have their photo taken that could end up on social media yeah. or whatever else okay okay uh the other one was and i think was bullshit i think was, it's public land though i mean it's yeah it's not private well but <laughs> i mean public land <laughs> the fact that you're capturing i can walk their, up to anybody on the street and take their picture you might get punched in the face for it, but yeah. You might get your trail camera stolen. Yeah. But, and then the other one was, and I think was bullshit, was the the pressure on wildlife. That they said that basically the cameras were putting more pressure in those that areas. That doesn't make sense. I think it's going to be worse now. I mean, because now yeah. I, you know. That makes sense in, in a essence, state like I've got to go in there and scout all of these areas and put pressure versus letting a camera marinate for three months. That makes a lot more sense in like super water dependent states. Like, you know, what Colorado, Utah. Yeah. Not in Kansas, maybe like Western Kansas, you know, but maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Not. That's a, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent on it. Like, you know, I like, I just don't have strong feelings one way or the other, I guess on that. I know, think it applies to the Western. Like I know Utah's doing it from like whatever, July to December and I, what Montana, Arizona, like there's several States that have these, but in the West, like, I mean, you're hunting vast tracks, you're, you're listening for bugle and elk or you're following herds or whatever. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's giant, big public that you're moving, you're glassing. It makes sense when, and, and the other side of that is you don't see people leasing those pieces yeah. of ground as much. Cause it's just so much vast BLM or public well, or whatever I, it is. I thought Eldridge had one of the best examples of they're in, uh, Utah, Utah yeah, and, and he's like, "Well, dude, it's a problem. Like, you'll have like five, ten trail cameras on, on one water hole. Yep, you know, and guys, oh, yeah. are, guys yep. are going in, and you know, you know, if, if one guy checks it once a month, 
you yeah. know, uh, 10 different days, the guys are in there. It's like, when does, when does the wildlife get yeah, to use it? Yeah, that's exactly. And that, so that makes a ton of sense. When you start to drift over into the whitetail range, you know, I, I think that it's not nearly as much of an issue as people are making it. And I think it is going to continue to put, I mean, we already have access issues and people have issues with leasing. It's going to be blown through the roof. I mean, just wait, Kansas, Kansas in two years will be massively leased by non-residents and residents will be displaced on the public. Yeah. You know, and because those same guys that had cameras out there, like you said, that's, that's, that's pretty likely. I mean, because once you go to Kansas, I mean, anybody goes to Kansas, you don't hear them complaining about the hunting, right? They come back and they got, you know, <laughs> we complain this we year. Smile, we, we've their been smiles are, about are miles wide, right? And yeah. They're, they're, they're freaking normally, no, normally it is. This past year was rough. And, and it's I been think get, it, it's, we've been going to Kansas like every year for the past Jeremy's yeah. gone for 12. It's been getting worse. It, well, and it's just more and for more sure. opportunity. Again, more people. This was the first year that I saw a noticeable amount of people hunting public. Like in the past, like you'd run into some guys, but it hasn't been nearly as bad. Well, I, we threw in a town on public this year. Like we, we went in with intentions yeah. of like, hey, we've hunted public in the past. <laughs> we've had good luck. Um, I think we're I think we're about done with it. Well, it's, so it, it's, it's dramatically getting tougher and harder. It's just more people and all yeah. that then. Yeah, because a lot of because what Jeremy is saying is, uh, you know, Yep. Guys want the opportunities. The opportunities are on private, so they get leased up, bought up by non-residents as well as some residents. Uh, yep. And the people that you know had permission on those properties previously, you know, are getting displaced, but they still want to hunt. They got to, you know, even if right. it's just for meat, they're hunting public now. Yep. So a Kansas parking lot today in November looks like, uh, you know, five ten Kansas truck. You know, one one from Pennsylvania, one from Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and everybody's just yeah. tromping all the way through. They've got Onyx to be able to run as far deep as they want. They've got, you know, in your state, you've got oil well roads that lead to every single yeah. square inch of everything. Well, and the other thing, and it, it, they're not wrong because uh, I'll admittedly say it is that those cameras are being used to pattern other hunters, which it, it is. Like I'm trying to find an area where there's nobody else walking through. If my camera is getting lit up by people walking through, I'm not going to go hunt there. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I've, I've, I've done the same. I've, I find myself using them more for people than I do anything yeah. anymore. <laughs> so I, put them close to the parking lot and tucked away a little spot on any of the walking trails going out this way or that way or whatever. And hey, not a whole lot of guys going this direction, you know? I mean, that's yeah. probably where I'm going to go, you know? Yeah. So I, I think it yeah, will. It'll be interesting to see how it continues to play out. I, I, you know, but it, Kansas becomes the first domino in like the majority of whitetail range. And so who follows? Like, you know, um, Missouri's already been on that train and a lot of people don't know that, but I did because I was running them and apparently it was illegal. Uh, but you can't, you can't have cameras on Missouri Department of <laughs> Conservation land. Um, so now you've got Kansas and Missouri both saying no cameras on these public lands. Who's next? Iowa? It just doesn't seem like an enforceable thing either. It seems like a dumb law. Yeah, I mean, I assume that if somebody's walking through the woods, a warden's walking through the woods or whatever, he'll just steal your camera. Yeah, but, yeah but how do they punish you? Like, how are you held accountable? I have no idea. They don't. Camera, I have a camera's assume. gone? Okay. Buy yeah. another 100 bucks. Steal the camera. Yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't seem... I guess... Do you know, do you know, is there a way for them to track you down? If, if you have a cell camera in an area? Well, that's what I don't can know. Can they look at where it like was? Like the IMEIs or yeah. something? Maybe. If But now you got to get the trail camera manufacturers to 
to kind of let you in the database, basically. Right. And then what do they prosecute you in the state that the trail camera's in? Or Probably. Where the crime was committed? Yeah, what are they going to do? Extradite me to Kansas? The yeah. I've, got, I've got warrants in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too many trail cameras. They're going to send a bounty hunter out here for me? Yeah. <laughs> we found 36 Dakota, illegal gotta, trail cameras. <laughs> in North Dakota, that you got, you're supposed to put your name and number on it. Are visibly. you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, you like know. A trap. And I guess what's so crazy about it is you see those things happening, right? But then at the other end of the thing, it's opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Yeah, baiting crossbows. Yeah, baiting crossbows, straight wall cartridge, whatever you want to do. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, you're going to really push all of that stuff, but you're going to take away cameras? Like, what the? That's what I'm saying. I don't understand. What's the purpose? Some Karen probably bitched about it. (laughs) Said, you know, got, got her picture taken, taking a dump in the woods. Ended up yeah. on Facebook. That will happen. Could have been your serial shitter. <laughs> that, that will happen. Uh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. But it. it I'm surprised. Um, because they did try to pitch and say, okay, well, let's just do it during the season. But during the off season for scouting, you could have them. And ultimately, the commission unanimously voted no. We're shutting it down the whole time. Hmm. So in. And I guess, you know, I, re- I reached out. I'm trying to get somebody from Kansas to come talk to us about it. Per, per the industry side of things, um, you know, it's not huge. But now, I mean, you start seeing this. If you're a trail camera manufacturer, I'd be a little bit worried about where these things are going. Sure. Most people owning trail cameras are putting them on private land. But I mean, there's a large chunk of people that put them on private land, you know, and that's a large customer base that is slowly fading on you. Mm hmm. So I don't know, but yeah, that's, Kansas did Kansas just did it on on, on like certain public lands. Is yeah, walk-ins did? and anything they own, but I don't think it applies to um, the Army Corps lands because that's federal. Yeah, yeah, um, they usually, it's usually separate. yeah they usually run on something different. Yeah, yeah. So um, Missouri's the same way. I I think on Army Corps lands you're fine, but on the Department of Conservation lands or WMAs you can't. Mm. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these other states start to play that out if they see it's an issue or not. Like, I mean, could Ohio do it? Could Ohio say, "Yep, no more trail cameras on public land"? Maybe. Only takes one, and then you know. I know that's how it it's starts. opened up the gate. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't, I don't, I don't understand a reason for it. Like, why would they do that in, in Ohio? Doesn't make any sense. Pri- privacy. I mean, that's the that's the big claim that's going to be is privacy. Of what? Of who? Like anybody, if you want privacy, stay on private land. That's what private well, land is for. Well, it's it's probably. <laughs> I would assume it's a lot more of the non-consumptive users than it is the the other hunters. Like, dude, I you, we get our picture taken all the time on on cameras. I would assume it doesn't yeah. matter. It's public land, regardless of. I your would utility. assume it's the hikers coming through. Yeah, but you know how these liberals are on that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I I guess I guess I march to the drum a different beat there. Like I'm like I, I'm not like. Yeah. I go through the I, I might I go through the woods. I mean, I just find a camera and whip my wiener out and take a piss. Right, right. right. Windmilling. Exactly. I'm like, see if you, yeah. how fast your trigger speed is here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm marking my territory, bitches. Yeah. 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 Mine. Just put a, <laughs> this is my put scrape. A big, uh, this was not a deer scrape. This was mine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big cold pressed ham right against the, <laughs> the lens. Yeah. I mean, come on, you guys have you guys haven't came up into a trail camera on a scrape and you haven't worked the scrape oh, in front of it. Sure. Oh, 100 percent. Oh man, yeah. I'll, show you, I'll show you some pictures after, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty of time on that one. I've had plenty of farmers working working my scrapes here. Uh. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I, I guess I just don't understand what they're going to get accomplished. Number two is like they, they're not going to, they don't have enough enforcement to begin with. So to your point, it, they're not going to enforce it. It's a dumb, it's dumb, it's a dumb premise. Like, 
Well, and in, 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 at least in Missouri's case, and I'll give them credit, although it's stupid, the fact was is that it wasn't in the rule book, which means if it's not in the rule book, it's considered illegal. Versus Kansas has actually passed a law making right. it illegal. Right. Which, you know, apples and oranges, but they're kind of in the same end result there. The, the if it's not in the rule book approach is pretty egotistical when you think about it. Oh, like, yeah. If you're going to say that, you're going to say, we've thought of everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I break every rule that isn't in the book, guys. Every yeah. Fucking but if you, if you wrote the rules back in 1980, then there were no trail cameras. So, like, of course it's not going to be in the damn rule book. Right. Yeah. So, it, it you know, but I think that those are the things that, again, how can you do that when you're just opportunity, opportunity, opportunity on the other side? You're like just jamming it. Like I don't well, pretty you, much. You, I don't care you, what you do. You just can't you, use a trail camera. In fairness, you do have to treat each state individually. You know, oh, you know, it's, that's just sure. a Kansas decision. I, I, well, who knows? They might be looking at other states and saying, "Well, it worked for them or or not." Yeah, Missouri. I would, you'd hope so. Being one, their their neighbor. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I I, I don't know what they'll get out of it. And uh, my only worry again is uh, to your point lucas like i don't care i mean if we can't use a camera we can't use a camera but if that makes a rush on leasing land it's going to change the dynamic of the deer herd on that landscape so here's a question i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll be buttoning in here what if i hang my trail camera on private land pointed in we public. also should probably talk about the is it the utah shed season thing here that's people are fired up about in, oh, Can yeah. in kansas yeah. if i hang my camera on private land pointing into public land you're good. <laughs> is that legal? What if it's not my private land? What's You're worse? Good. What's worse? Trespassing? Oh, well, I thought you meant you had permission to put well, it on there. Well, I initially I did, but then I threw a, a, a wrench in it. <laughs> Theoretically. Yeah. I would say you're good because it's on private land. Whether you have permission or not, that's up to the landowner to take it down. That that'll be one of those cases that they're just gonna get mad. At. It's like the, <laughs> the it's like the, uh, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna freak out, dude. They're it's like, like the the checkered board corners. Now you're like, yeah. well, uh, do you uh, know, did uh, I trespass uh, or did uh, I not trespass? Huh? That's the way it goes. What is going on with the Utah thing? They they recently said you're not allowed to pick up any sheds, even if you find them. I don't know. I haven't seen that. Have you seen that, Psycho? I'm not sure. I was. Look I at thought up, there was uh, who was it? I thought somebody just passed that. Utah like they, they shed put a, a shed season in or something. Hmm. Like I know some places do like this. This period to this period, you can pick up sheds, but that's it. Yeah. Something. What I've been, or you got to wait till a certain time, I think, or something. What I've been seeing on it is, and that it, it may be tied in with like a a specific time frame, but they're basically saying. Uh, shed hunting is it's causing like harassment of wildlife basically and so even if you're out recreating like what hiking you're not allowed to pick up sheds i believe it's utah I'm gonna wow yeah, it's uh, so i'm gonna walk by them yeah february 7th to april 30th i would wonder if like i could see some arguments where it's like up up to this point like whatever mid-january or whatever it is obviously it's all different in every every state but uh up to a certain point maybe we don't let people go running around chasing deer around in two feet of snow and yeah running hell whatever struggling as it is yeah i get that part you know i get that part of it but i don't know i i think so where the confusion up. was at was people probably were finding sheds like out of shed season and they're like a 
can I pick it up? Like well, I'm already I mean, here. I just wandered on it, and they're saying no, you're not. Allowed. I mean, pick it's your illegal. non-consumptive user. They have no freaking idea. Of course, they're picking it up and taking it home. They yeah, but, don't even know when hunting season is. Right. Yeah. Well, and so I wouldn't think anything of it. The problem though is shed hunters were like using that excuse, like I'm just out here recreating, and I happen yeah. to find a shed. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. Again, to your point, I don't care how you're using it. If it's illegal, it's illegal. It's just how are these non-consumptive people? learning about it like us as hunters and shed hunters are aware of that but i'm sure the next hiker out there doesn't know and they're gonna pick it well, up the rules it. it's they're it, gonna be look at all these sheds that nobody's picking up yeah <laughs> yeah we did find a ton of sheds out there too and how the, would you have the, to the dress place. right how would you have to dress to pass that off it's like I don't probably know. straight patagonia <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Sleeping, right. sleeping bag, maybe dreads. I don't know. Jared, Jared could put his hair in dreads. No, you'd no, have to have a ham, a little hammock. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Full of hammocks and yeah, yep. some yep. type of like reflective like mm-hmm. uh, jacket or of some sort. Yeah, we've yeah. got the now jeans covered, so that's good. The now jeans, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got the now jeans covered, so we're good there. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think that that's probably yeah, because when we were in the Dakotas, like I, we were putting stocks on and I'm like, nope, there's a shed. I'd like break off the stock just to go pick up the shed. Oh you yeah, know? of course. The other one was arrowheads, you know, we, and I found out after the fact, cause I found an arrowhead in South Dakota and yeah. somebody was like, you gotta be careful. You, you can't pick them up in some areas. Huh? I was like, Ooh, too late. I'm just a tourist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just out here recreating. <laughs> I just recreating. <laughs> the Hunter podcast is brought to you by Hoyt Archery. Dude, where would we be without our Hoyt bows? Probably shooting crossbows. <laughs> or, or a Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> One and the same. But in all seriousness, we love being Hoyt guys because you stand out. When you're in this room full of other people that shoot these other types of bows, I feel like the Hoyt guys just stick out. Dude, it's just a legit bow. I mean, especially that carbon riser, man. I mean, I I know that they've got several other aluminum lines as well. But for for me, I'm shooting that RX-5 in the carbon model. They've since come out with the RX-7. And uh, I can't tell you how much I love being a Hoyt guy amongst a sea full of Matthews guys. So we're out there, I think, proving them wrong, shooting 80 pounds and uh, killing stuff. Hey, man, if you want to get serious, get Hoyt. Just wanted to know where we should go kill muleys this year. We got to get drawn first, dude. We've been drawn what three years in a row. I don't think it's going to happen a fourth. Yeah, that's pretty good. Three years in a row. Yeah, three years in a row we've been we've drawn, and so uh, we hunted we hunted the first two years. So that have been twenty and twenty one. And then 21 was the drought, and it kind of carried into 22. And so we forfeited our tags last year. We didn't even go. We just got a refund. Um, oh, yeah. But now it seems like you guys have actually got some moisture through there, so we're probably putting back in and hopefully getting drawn for 23. Yeah, we should have a we should have a pretty wet spring here. Yeah, it was crazy, man, because the first year that we were out there, it was just like pff, lights out, the craziest thing we've ever seen, Yoli's all over the place and alfalfa and wheat fields. We made a better plan for the next year, and like we would it had it been apples to apples, I mean, we would have been in some giant bucks every day, and you, instead we we couldn't buy a doe if our life depended on it. Well, we did, we did find them. Yeah, it took a while. But they just were... In the grasslands. Like, unhuntable. Yeah, I mean, they were bedded behind six-foot-tall sage, and, like, there's just no way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, how do you approach that, right? I mean... That was the hard part, is, like, you know, 
He just couldn't. We were seeing them every day. I mean, every day. We, every day we, we, we found where they put had moved miles to, on, and we're like, you know, we knew going in there. It's the first light. It's like, there they are. You mm-hmm. know, there's there's the yeah. shooter right there, and it's just like, how would you? How could you get in there? You just you can't. What yeah. drew you guys to that area? Uh, I connected with Mule Deer um, Foundation. A guy's name was Marshall Johnson from the Mule yeah. Deer Foundation, and he. Well, you know, initially the Dakotas were uh, pitched to us by Ben. What's Ben's last name? Fly Tracker. Ben Tracker from uh, Shields. Shields. Mm-hmm. Just a buddy of ours at ATA. He show. lives up in Fargo. Yeah, he's like, dude. Oh, okay. He's like, you guys, yeah. you guys gotta come out here. He's, he's like, they're freaking giant muleys over every corner. I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. great. So we put in. We got drawn. We both did. Uh, J- Jeremy and I thought it was going to be like a four year thing. We're like, oh, dude, it's, you know, you don't just get drawn to go hunt North Dakota. And sure enough, we, we both got drawn that first year. We didn't put in as a group. Like, we just, yeah, luck was on our side there, I guess. And, and so I got in touch with Marshall Johnson from the Mule Deer Foundation, and he kind of pointed me in the, in the direction of, of where we ended up down there. And, uh, oh. went out, had some success. You know, we, we shot some, some, some decent Mule Deer, um, our first year, but like on day one and two. So we, I mean, we were like, it was, Oh yeah, you know the, the best hunt I've ever been on. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome, um, and so that's what that's what brought us to that area. And then the, you know, like Jeremy said, the following year was uh, drought, not the same. Well, the literally we left on a day like on Memorial or no Labor Day. We left on Labor Day, and it was pouring down rain, and that was like the last rain that area got. Yeah, until we came <laughs> back. And so I think at this point, like. We definitely want to come back. I think North Dakota would be the state. Like, it, you know, if we could just pick one and say, hey, we, we really want to go hunt mule deer, it would be in North Dakota. I, lo- I love the Badlands style hunting. I think we would be open to moving a little north. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, I was going to say, I was just going to say, if you guys ever looked at this stuff, it's just really We north. have. We, we have rough a, country. Yeah, we've got a yeah. good friend. Uh, his name's Jason Ballou. Um, if you search, search like YouTube, do North Dakota mule deer hunt. He, he's killed some really nice deer up there. He's mm-hmm. from Michigan or oh, yeah. Wisconsin or something. Wisconsin. And, uh, so we connected with him. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times. And I mean, every year the dude kills last year, he killed or two years ago, he killed a nice white tail. Yep. And, um, and so I don't know, like we're, I don't, we just had that one. It's such a big commitment for us. Like it's 25 hours out there. We know. I mean, yeah not know but we're familiar with our area now which is nice because we kind of know yeah. the spots where hey yeah. they're either here or they're there they're and here it's not or they're there. perfect you know because there is pre- there is pressure there sure um it's just kind of the the not knowing it's like is there greener pastures a little further north like is this the best mm-hmm. that we could be in like i don't know yep yep yeah i could understand that you know i mean it I, like I said, I'm more of a whitetail guy, but I have, I know enough about, you know, my buddies and other guys that come up and hunt and all that stuff that it just seems like it don't matter if you're in that, that rolling prairie or, you know, or this, this is like sage flats and, you know, the, the, the badlands area. It just seems like you put your time in and you're going to find, you're going to find what you're looking for. seems like yeah. anywhere you go. I mean, know? we found them. We, we haven't gone a trip without finding them. It's just lot, two years ago, the stock was a lot tougher than three years ago. Yeah. And that was because of the drought and these deer were coming off bluffs into the river bottoms. And then last year, the river bottoms were as burned as everywhere else. And cattle had been expanded into the badlands for, for grazing. And, you know, so it pushed them all into the grasslands, which we found them. It's just, you're covering a mile of open territory to get to them. And that's not easy. Like best case scenario, you know, you, you go to the spot and it's everything you hoped and you find a a bachelor group on the first evening when you're driving around, you Mm -hmm. know, in our situation, 
Uh, <laughs> we stare at your mic. Uh, in our situation, we got out there. It took us a day or two to like realize what had changed, and we're like, okay, like we need to go somewhere else. Now we're midway through the hunt before we figure out where these deer are, and then we spend the rest of the time trying to kill, you know, unapproachable. Yeah, we were spots, learning the area so. as much as we were hunting the deer. Yeah, so we definitely want to stick to huntable ground. You know, if we if oh, we yeah. can, uh, the Badlands is you know we, we really do enjoy that that style. Um, yeah, yeah, it's the place is awesome. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of our tentative plan is like first we got to get drawn. And if we get drawn, uh, honestly, I'll, I'll probably call you and I'll call Jason as well. I might call Marshall back and, and just kind of do some more research for the year coming up. Say, hey, what have we seen? What areas have had? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll just make our best educated guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nothing else. Find out what the hell the weather's been like, you know, how much water we're getting. And for sure, we're going to have a we're going to have a wild spring here. I know that it's it's still winter. It's still dead of winter here. And yeah. And it's any day now we're going to start hitting that, that 40, 50 degree swings and it's going to stay that way. And then we're going to start melting off and this river is going to just take off. And yeah. So if you guys you might have, have some massive flooding with some ice, ice jams and stuff this year by the looks of it. Wow. So you guys have had a lot of snow then? Yeah. 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 And we're still getting some more. And I know out West and Montana, you know, where a lot of our water comes from here on the Yellowstone and they're, 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 they're packed up too over there in the mountains. And so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, I don't know, man. It's it's weird how cold it stayed this late and and, and consistently. So huh. when it happens, you know, the, the ice is not quite really even starting to thaw and melt here on the river. So Dude, that, that that ice stays strong, you know, it doesn't it doesn't weaken and then you get a really quick thaw, you know, out west and here, and then everything mm. starts to take off, starts <clears> breaking <throat> the ice up, and now you don't have soft ice, you got hard ice and it starts to make problems with you know jamming up and everything so yeah hmm. dude didn't yeah. you guys have a really bad bout of ehd a couple of years ago on the whitetails yeah yeah and then and then, then most recently it was that CD, cwd when it was so dry you know um year before last that was so, cwd yeah yeah yep yeah that's yeah because i think i don't have it mixed up i think it was ehd and then cwd ehd right. would correlate with the drought more than likely so I, I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. It was in 2021 or 20. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yep. You guys yep. had a big EHD on the white. It was house. when we were out there. So 2021. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that yep. was a big kill off. Um, yeah. And then, but, but yeah, well, I think the CWD stuff came from Canada whenever that was several years ago, five or seven years ago through yeah, that area. That's right. That, that came first. Then it was the EHD. Yep. Yep. So, but I don't know. I mean, you know, again, we still saw, you know, mature muleys and stuff. I just don't know. And again, it was hard to observe some of those bottoms where those whitetails would have been that we would have known. If we bounce back really quickly to, you said you're not going to just drive the roads and see these giant whitetails. I was funny because we did. <laughs> yeah. When we yeah. were, we were just driving around, we're like, uh, dude, that's a giant <laughs> whitetail out there. We saw, we saw at least one booner. And we saw several, you know, five or six uh, year old, like hundred and high fifties, you know, low sixties type deer. Yep. Yeah. Um, that doesn't surprise me down there at all. Doesn't yeah. surprise me down there at all, man. Down that area. There was yeah. one, two, no, I guess three years ago. The first year we were there when we were killed, we, when we were looking, uh, we were scanning an alfalfa field where Jared ended up killing one of his bucks out of that group. But the closer alfalfa field to us around the river bottom was all whitetails. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I bet we saw at least three or four that were over 150, you know, yep. come out. And it was just like, 
you're watching these bucks come out and you're like, where the hell are they coming from? Because, I mean, there's not a lot of woods. Like, they're just bedded around the river and then they just pop out in the alfalfa field and they go right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My point was, was where where I'm generally scouting. Like I said, there's, there's like these little pockets that are just heavily hit more than others. Right? Yeah. So like, there's more areas like what you're talking about around North Dakota than there are like what I'm hunting. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just a little different. Not that know? we could hunt that. It was, it was private lockdown. Yep. You know, you weren't, you I weren't tried. putting a toe over. Called. Yeah, we called, we tried, but <laughs> I was going to say, you guys didn't try to get Dude, the, on that. The, the oh, most yeah, common, it seems like the most common thing that you'll hear like, uh, in, in North Dakota, any of these, any of these big landowners is, Oh well, you know my my nephew actually has a small outfitting business, and we're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of it, man. That's a lot of it. I mean, yep. that was that was it. I mean, we around the plots that we were hunting, there were private that had all the big muleys on it and good whitetails, and it was under the outfitter's watch, um, mm-hmm. you know. And I get it, but I mean, and you know, frankly, that guy was a dick. Like he would drive up and down the fence lines of the ball. Like yeah. we would, we would hike two miles in to, to glass and he'd just drive his truck right up next to us. You know, like, yeah. what the hell dude? Oh, man. I've heard, I've heard too many stories like that. Yeah. Too many. And I've, I've dealt with it before, but yeah, that's why I stay on like the stuff that's just like packed in here. There's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of that even opportunity where I hunt, you know, for somebody to do something like that. But, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I, it comes, people come from all over and you hear stories, of, you know, the landowners adjacent or yep. harassing them, or whatever. And that's too bad too. That's, that's, uh, I mean, we, we went into a few of these coolies and stuff, but I, I think that we, um, I wouldn't say we avoided, we just didn't really go. There were some areas that, I mean, you could have, you could have hiked some miles deep in there and really made some ground up, but you know, frankly, we were just seeing so many deer not that far from our vehicles. The, the first stock we did was so, like, uh, this is how it happened, dude. <laughs> th- this, like, your state is just so crazy. Like, we just had such a good time. We, yeah. And one of my favorite things about it is that, like, you could see everything. Like, out here in the Northeast, it's like there's trees everywhere. You can't see nothing. Yep. That's why, yep. you know, you all have to use trail cameras and stuff to, 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 you know, learn any kind of a pattern or anything out there. You just get you a good pair of binos and find a high spot and you'll figure them out. Um, so, so anyways, we, we drove all the way out there and, uh, we got there with enough time to drive around the first night and we drove around on the Eastern side of the river where it's mainly ag. And we're like, here's pronghorn. Here's, you know, here's some whitetails out, out in the, you know, uh, whatever soybean fields and sunflower fields and stuff. And we're like, man, we're just not seeing the muleys that we thought we would see. So, Mm-hmm. Um, we use most of our night doing that. The, so the first morning, um, we did the same thing. We went out that side of the road we're like, maybe we'll see it. Maybe we'll see him in the morning. Um, not seeing anything. And this guy pulls us over and, and, and is, he was at camp with us. He was, he was in the same us. camp area. He, uh, like we, we just stopped, we happened to stop in the same place. There's only two roads out of the town there. Right. And so right. We, we pull over, we just start talking to this guy and he's like, Oh yeah. You know, he's this and that. And he's like, he's like, you guys know you can't start until noon. Right. Like season doesn't start until noon. 
and we're like, okay, <laughs> right on, right yeah. on, buddy. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Like, oh, just yeah. out of like somebody, something, somebody would throw, yeah. throw just you off with. Just off the non-residents. Okay, so buddy. Him, yeah, all right. Picking on you guys. So, so and we're like, uh, we better Google that. But, yeah. And then, so sure enough, we find out that is the case. We're like, okay, okay, good to know. Good to know. So. <laughs> yeah, good to know, because I was ready to kill one. <laughs> yeah, I was at full draw. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no shit. So, fucking rule, though, right? Oh, my God, rule. dude. Yeah, yeah. I was, I literally, we like looked at each other and like, what a jack off, you know, doing yeah. this. Stuff yeah. and then we like yeah. pull it up. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. he was right. Yeah. Hey, what a nice guy. Now. Yeah, yeah. We so, love him. So we were grateful for him. We ended up making friends with him later yeah. on. And uh, so, so did a little loop that morning. We just weren't seeing him, dude. We're like, man, I don't. They're just not. They're not here. So we we changed. We went up the other road. Yeah. You know, there's only, like I said, there's only two roads into the Badlands stuff. Where I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know that this is as good of habitat. You know, for. But, you know, boy, was I wrong. You know, we drive down this road and like freaking right there, what a hundred <laughs> yards off the road. I'm like, there's, a, there's like a giant framed, you know, probably five, six year old, yeah. you know, not a giant high scoring deer, but you know, not real yeah. deep forks or anything. Yeah. He was like a, a three by four or something. Yeah. For sure. Shooter though. Oh, like, yeah. like yeah. so silhouette. antler silhouette, like just right there by the road. I'm like, how many trucks have just driven past here and not seen him? Um, that was, that was two of them together. That was the two five-year-olds. First stock that we did. Jeremy was up first. Uh, Literally, I was on the other side of the road was the better vantage point that I had. Um, what was I doing? I was glassing for you. You were glassing glassing for me as I was coming up the ditch because they had moved. Like I, I, uh, we thought we were going to like poke right up and I was like, I'm going to kill this deer like in the first two minutes right here. And like, I come up over this ridge and they're like gone. I was like, what the fuck? You know, because there's nowhere for them to go. And this is the, this is the mistake that thir- first time mule deer hunters make in, in hindsight, I think. Yeah. Well, it was because it, like, it was a little coolie that came up. There's nothing there, dude. Nothing. It's just a little coolie. We're like, and yeah. I could see, like, I could see the brush and I'm like, this deer, like, I'm just waiting to see, like, antlers. This deer's going to be there. And I'm looking and I'm like, right there. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is crazy. There's nothing here. And I looked to my right, like, 50 yards, and there's a single sage bush with both of those damn bucks, like, up underneath it. And um, and they're looking right at me, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Up and they, have the, they have the worst, like, like, <laughs> like bound away, too. Like, oh, yeah. Like- <laughs> I mean, we ended up, Jared ended up stalking them, what, the next evening? Yep. I mean, we, we, we saw him coming back to the ag field from the trucks. We were driving. I was like, Here, dude, he's coming down that thing. So I got out of the truck and ran up into this, into the public there and like got, got ready for him. And I almost got a shot. I mean, we were, yeah. And I mean, that was the thing is like, obviously they spooked and like, we still put another stock on him. We almost put another one on him. We saw him again. It was just yeah. like, you know, so much fun. You ran him around, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was the mule deer one Oh one, like kicking the crotch is like you, you did everything like you thought and you look and there's one single bush at these two, you know, 150, 160 inch muleys like underneath, like looking at you like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. So. Yeah, they got you. Yeah, they got. They, got they, watch, they, they, got they watch it coming all the way over. Oh, yeah. to They're like, "Hey, we're gonna sit here. And we're gonna draw these guys right off the road, and then we're gonna move back here." <laughs> what's funny about them damn things? What's funny about that? They're so frustrating. Like you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm not a muley guy because I, I hunt, I've hunted them. I've hunted them around. You know, like, but, and I got enough experience hunting them with my buddies and stuff. It's just like the frustrating thing about them things because you can almost seem they can almost seem dumb. Oh yeah. They yeah. can almost seem dumb. Yeah. And then right when you feel like you're like getting it figured out or you got this deer, they're just, I don't know. Yeah. They like vanish. Oh, dude. Vanish the vanishing now. act was done. That one, the one that you chased up over the mountain. I watched this deer. Jared bumped him at like two yards, right? 
I'm on the vantage point because I'm tagged out. Well, here, t- yeah, tell them the whole thing. So um, we basically... From the beginning, from the morning. Well, yeah, so we watched so these glass deer. Up, yeah, we glassed these up. deer in, these, in the alfalfa. This is above where we saw the whitetails. Watch these deer go across the river, up into the big coulee, and then disappear. And that's public. So we're like, all right, well, that's a three-mile hike from where we can park. On the other side. Yep, on the other side. So yeah. we go we go get food and water. We load up as we're much ready as we for can. It. Yep, hike down in there. We end up... Uh, well, we find a bunch of sheds, so we're like, oh, nobody's been down here. Um, and then <laughs> we spot one that's a good good size buck that you make a stock on. Uh, he's just kind nice of... Nice like, buck. Well, dude, I don't know how we saw it either. Yeah. Like, we, we came in off... Um, the way that whole area lays is like this, there's this giant alfalfa field right up against the Little Missouri River. And we, yep. we were on the western side of it. We glass all these bucks in the morning, filter off. This group that we were going to go after crossed the river into this section of public. So like Jeremy said, we looped all the way around and drove in on the plateau that sets above, you know, before you yep. get to the Badlands, before you get to the river. And <clears throat> so we start coming in this stuff, and it just looks bucky. Like the whole thing, there's just, you know, oh, yeah. cut banks all the way through it. And we're like, okay, dude. Like, yeah, and we don't, we don't know. This is day two. We're like, you know, snakes and like, yeah, we know, had no idea. Still acclimating to the, the terrain and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so we get like, I don't know, maybe a third of the way to the river, which is where we figure those bucks we watched had probably bedded. But the whole time we're walking through, you know, buck country. And we, I happened to like look back over my shoulder and just catch like this rack gleaming in the sun. Like, I don't know how far you think that was away, three, two, 300 yards. Yep. And we kind of hit the dust and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I saw, I'm pretty sure I see a big buck bedded over there. And we kind of work up to this little, you know, uh, rock formation and, mm-hmm. and I get, and I'm like, yeah, dude, for there sure. There, there's a buck yeah. bedded back. We kind of walked out and around him there. And, uh. So we, and he hadn't seen you guys yet. You don't think either. Apparently not. No, he had he had not he had not seen us because we, we kind of yeah. came around a big piece uh, like a big rock, yeah. and so when we came up, we were actually diving down. We were had already walked past him. Yeah. But oh, it, right. it wasn't in real line of sight. In fact, when Jared, like he said, he looked back over his shoulder and caught him because he was behind a bank. I don't know. I don't know oh. how we saw it. It was the weirdest yeah. thing. But but we saw him. Uh, so we backed up from that little rock formation and, and they're and like, okay, dude, there's a high point up here. So Jeremy and I both went up there, found him again, made a plan. I backed all the way out and back around to where we'd come from. Um, and ultimately I, I got within bow range of him. Jeremy could see me. I mean, he's, he's at, he's at the, like the pride rock in the middle of this whole drain. Like he had, oh, he had the I best spot it, ever. Man. And, uh, you know, I get my boots off and everything and I'm making the final approach um, I don't think I bumped him as much, or maybe I did, but this, there was a smaller buck that like trotted yeah. out of this and I valley. watched him stand up and kind of yeah. booger out a little oh, yeah. bit. And Jeremy's like, well, dude, they work together. Like he's, you, you gotta be right there. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, uh, dude, yeah. I don't know. Cause the first buck already had come by me, but the second, the bigger one had not. And yeah. I'm like, he went into that ditch. Yeah. He did not. Come Jeremy out would have ditch. been able to see him. And so yeah. he's like, he's in the ditch. I'm like, like, I'm like, like dude, dude, he's not here. He's I'm not looking in it. the ditch like he's not here. And literally, I don't know. At the last minute, I'm like the very last little crevice at the very bottom of this like cut bank. Sure enough, like there he is. I peek my head over and he's like looking at me. Um, And I so I I I dump back real quick. I come to full draw. I stand up and, and he's, you know, he's bound. Oh, yeah. I, I tried to stop him and it just it just didn't happen. <laughs> 
It's fine. He was he was like look, looking right up at me, you know, and it was just so so crazy. He was five ten yards from me at yeah. that point. So so he he runs off and uh, he he goes like right down. I'm Jeremy's. I'm looking at Jeremy up here. He on comes this, right underneath me. Basically. Comes right underneath of him and goes up on this rock like mule deer's halfway up this you know rock face. And Jeremy's like, hey, I watched him. He, you know, he went about halfway up this thing and bedded on this ledge. There's a ledge with shade that he just parks his ass right underneath. Right? And, oh, I'm like, right. there. and it's easy for me to be like, hey, Jared, you just need to go up over that hill and stuff. Because I'm like sitting here just watching. I mean, it's it's a hike and it's a hill. And I'm like, I'm it was, watching. It was dude. no problem. I'd been training for this thing. I We yeah, freaking yeah, got yeah. after it. I'm watching him. I'm like, he, he's under there. So, you know, we're kind of talking back and forth. And it's probably, I don't know, it probably took you 35, 40 minutes to do that. Yeah, probably. Um, But as as he's doing that, of course, the sun's coming up. And so that shade is kind of eating away at that ledge, oh, yeah. right? And yep. so, like, you know, you can kind of, I can every once in a while, I can kind of make him out, but not as good as before because he's kind of sliding himself back in because he's trying to get back into the shade to the point where Jared's like making the stock. And I'm like, dude, he's like, that's, that's the ditch. Like, I'm waiting for it. It's going to be like the most amazing sock I've I have ever like seen. It, y'all. It was, it was so perfect. And he gets up to, he's like, he's, he's not there. And there's like a backdoor entrance basically to that coolie cut that he, must have backdoored straight up over the at top and point, I never yeah never saw him. But I mean from the way I'm looking at it, it's literally a shelf. Like there's nowhere from the go. Once you get in it, you realize there's twenty feet or thirty feet and then a backdoor oh, cut. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you just I thought don't for know sure. I thought I thought he was gonna get it. I killed I, I killed know. mine that evening. Uh we kept we yeah. kept we kept pushing down further to the little Missouri River and um I ended up killing uh killing one down there. But at, at what like five five ten yards? Yeah, and then we almost had to drink our pee to get out of there. We were about to be dehydrated to death. Yeah, we were like three miles down in there, and <laughs> you drink my pee, I drink yours. Is that how it works? Yeah, I drink you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might actually work. Uh, I don't one, know. One might be lighter colored than the other, and you'll be like, I mean, it was awesome. He shot he shot that buck, which was again was a great stock. It's like just sunset overlooking the little Missouri with alfalfa fields in the backyards. We're in the Badlands. We've got this box. Shot him 100 yards from that river. Yeah. We're, so we went all the way to we're, it. I mean, it, like, you're, this is it. Like, this is what you do. Then it's like, you're packing them out, and you're, you know, we're all kind of jacked up. And then you're, like, halfway through the pack out, and you're like, holy fuck. Like, we're thirsty. We're out of food. We're out of water. It's getting dark. You know, we still got a mile and a half plus with this whole damn deer on our back. It was a hike. Um... But it was fun. That, too. That, that was September, I'm yeah, guessing. That was first, first yeah, 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 first first part of September. So third, fourth, yeah. fifth, or something like that. Second, third, fourth. Yeah. Jeremy's buck was still in velvet. Mine had shed it out like that day. The birds were still picking them off. Yep. Oh yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah. That time of the year too is man. It can be rough. It can be ninety yeah. degrees. It was the day I shot <laughs> mine. It was like ninety. Um, it, it hooked us though, man. I mean, I'm I'm like so excited to go back. <laughs> you know, we're just hope, hoping we get drawn or that. Know. It what I mean, it it's just part of it. I mean, we hunted our tail off the next year for seven days, and um, I shot at a white tail. Yeah, and I shot at a muley <laughs> in South Dakota. Yeah, because your guys is, is a that's a dual deer tag, right? It's a either yep, or. Yeah, yep, either or. Yeah, that that's what I was yep. gonna ask. How what what's it like for a resident Lucas up there? So like, what what's your tag situation? Uh, I can buy over the counter bow. Okay. I can put in for a rifle tag and a muzzler tag. So I could have three, huh? Three potentially whitetail tags or, or muley whitetail, whichever, right? You can go. Are they but, either or for you? 
or What's that? You, are they either or for you? No, no, okay. no. You got to put in for either one. Yeah, but gotcha. you can't. You can yeah. shoot a muley, and you can so shoot. So like a, a muley, I can shoot with my archery equipment. Right, because that's an any deer. Yeah, yeah, any deer for us. Yeah, yeah. But you guys like can come in and buy you know a state tag for whitetail. Right, right. right over the right. We right. always we always go for the any deer, so we can hunt muleys. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. and that's the one you got to draw. Yeah. But your your gun seasons are dry even for a resident, right? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, and that's actually it's it's super rough yeah. for the unit I put in for because it's so sought after. But, huh. Um, that's so crazy. That, that's that's the one I live in, you know. And so it's uh, I don't know, probably anywhere from six, a lot of times, I'd say five to ten years. For, wow. a, for, a, for, a, for a resident. And yeah. I would assume, I mean, you know, take wow. the, take the Western states out of the equation, but let's say from the whitetail states in East, I mean, that's one of the only ones that, right. Makes residents draw to hunt. I mean, I don't know many states that, or any states. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I don't, I, think I don't more know, the Western I don't know if there's any others. Yeah. I mean, from a elk and, but from a whitetail side, I mean, Unless you're doing like a special draw, like Bluegrass Army Depot in Kentucky or something like that. Yeah, like it, but the general tag. General right? tag is over the counter for almost every resident. I don't care. Obviously, Iowa, Kansas, you know, whatever, Oklahoma. Yep. So, I mean, I think it's one of the only states that, you know, even from a resident side, you're essentially not guaranteed. Yep. You know, if you're a gun hunter in North Dakota, you may not be guaranteed to hunt every year. Yeah, unless yeah, unless you got some land and you can get that gratis tag, you know, and that's uh, the land. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, so that that's a lot of it. A lot of guys got that right. So there's there's large chunks of some private, you know, around here as well. As How well. about so your bow? Any deer? Is that a given or is that an application? No, you can just order it. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's a given. Yeah. So I mean, that's your. And can you use a that's crossbow in North Dakota? Yeah, yeah, but you gotta have a you gotta have like a permit. For like injury so like, or something. So like any regular healthy dude ain't gonna shoot him. You gotta have you gotta you gotta you gotta, you gotta show like a GPA less than like two point <laughs> 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 yeah. They're like, Yeah, you, like you're, you're, you're qualified. You're qualified. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you have a GED, you can't mm, shoot him. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Crazy <laughs> no. man. All right, Lucas. Well, uh we appreciate you coming on, dude. That that was like I said, never know where we're going to go on these conversations, but always go somewhere fun. Yeah. For not, sure. Yeah. Not enough time as always, dude. We'll have to have you on again here soon. Yeah. 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 Anytime guys. <clears throat> yeah. It's always a good time. Talk, talk to yours with everybody, you know, that's it, man. Well, and it's, it's, you, you know, you're in a unique area for the whitetail range, you know, compared to a lot of us, which is what is so attractive to it. And, you know, and, and again, it's, um, it's funny when you start to kind of look at these different spaces and different areas and different styles of hunting. And, you know, um, again, just anybody that's ate up with deer just wants to kind of hear that and hear that different variety out there. And so I think it's a, it's a really cool application because we don't find a lot of guys that, especially from the Western part of North Dakota that are ate up with whitetails. They're, they're usually muley guys. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, we didn't really get too, too much into it. So, I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a hell of a lot we could cover, you know, there's, the evolution of what this area has kind of turned into over the years and, and, you know, where, what kind of things we went through with everything and the deer different, you know, the pro the pressure is way different. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's cool. Lots of cool stories about it too. So. Well, yeah, let's, you're, you're let's welcome back anytime, dude. We don't have to yeah. like wait for, for, you know, so much time no, to pass no, no. or whatever. We're like, Hey dude, I want to, let's, we're going to put in, let's keep going. When do our tags go in March? This is March. I think we put it in April, April. And okay. we know in like May, okay. May or June. Cool. Yeah. 
So, and f- f- for sure, dude, we'll be chatting back and forth on that. We'll let you know if we get drawn, and and uh, I may yeah. I may uh, bounce some things off of you if you're, if you're cool with that. For sure, man. Yep. Sweet. Perfect, dude. All right, buddy. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, can't wait to get you back on here and dive into it more. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And great, awesome. That's a good conversation. That North Dakota thing is. Um, I'm sure people listen to this. If you haven't, uh, I think if you literally don't, don't go, go back there, it sucks. Well, you should go back to <laughs> go just because it's funny. Go back to episode one. No, don't go to North Dakota. So oh no, yeah, don't do that. No, go back to episode one and listen to us talk about the epic North yeah. Dakota hunt. Uh, we also recap somewhere in the past sixty episodes the the other one. But yeah. Um the first podcast we ever did was talking about our, our North Dakota hunt. Yeah. Um and so yeah, our equipment was shitty and yeah. But still it was kind of fun. Yeah, no, it's worth checking out. It's fun to see fun to see the early days. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's uh it's it's a cool state. You know, I told uh Psycho, like the first time I talked to him, I was like, dude, all you guys are so easy going. Like all you North Dakotians. Mm, North Dakotians. Uh, just so chill. Like, hey, whatever happens, happens, man. You know, it's cool. He's close enough to the Canadian border, you know. You're practically a Canada, eh? Yeah. No, it's, it's a really cool part of the country. Really diverse wildlife habitats. Yeah. So they're awesome. Just awesome country. Awesome terrain out there. It's um, one of those places that um, you don't have to do like a... Well, like your elk hunt, like a 14 mile backpack in, and yet you can still feel very remote. Yeah. Like you can go and get up on some of these points and these lookouts that we for were sure. doing. And like, you feel like you're, there's nobody for miles. Yeah. It's big country. Truthfully, I, I kind of, I think I hope that we get drawn for that more than we get drawn for Kansas. <clears throat> yeah. At this point. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it, especially if they get the, the rain and the moisture that he's talking about, I mean, that that'll that'll flip it right back open to where we know kind of what to do yeah um but yeah i mean it's uh it's a cool it's an adventure for us and i think that's why we like it you know i mean it's 27 hours of driving one way yeah um what if we go back to it i think it'll just be you and i right yeah we'll just truck it out there and Mm -hmm. tag team it same thing same thing yep that's it man it'll be cool so yeah i mean we've um i I think in the past we've been told that any deer tag is a 50-50 draw, but I think if you're hunting whitetails, like, I think it's almost 100% draw to get that tag. Yeah, it's over the counter. Uh, is it over the counter for yeah. non-resident? Oh, yeah. I thought it was still a draw, but it was like Muleys are, you just have to apply for muleys. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Because a lot of guys, like I know Aaron and THP hunts a lot in eastern uh, North Dakota. Uh, a lot of people hunt in eastern North Dakota to hunt that velvet the opener. Breaking, breaking point guys breaking are Breaking point guys, yeah. Yeah, there's a few others too. Mm-hmm. Who else so, goes out to Dakota that we know? Yeah, like Aldridge and uh, they did. Alex go out there too. Yep, to the Dakotas. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. central it's a cool Dakotas. Spot. Yeah, it is, and I, I mean it's a different uh, a different type of hunting. That's why I was asking about his tree stand versus ground type approach on that. But um, yeah, cool territory, and and uh, you know if you can sacrifice some early season time it's a it's a good hunt to put on the books you can get over-the-counter tags in south dakota for muleys but you just have to hunt private land for the first month um you can't hunt you can't start until oh yeah you're yeah right. you can't hunt public land until october one yeah um but you can start hunting private land on september one yeah so um but yeah cool cool place good to have lucas on there talking about it and um yeah good to go man 
Found some sheds yesterday. I know you did. Yeah, cool. I, made, I made a Instagram story. Did you see that? I did that. He said, this is normally Jeremy's <laughs> thing, but I'll... I didn't even know which one was which. I was like, do I do a story or a reel or... How do I post this thing? So, yeah, dude, I got I got a freaking fair share of briars. I'm, I'm cut up, dude. But I found a couple sheds. I found uh, found two at Glasgow, mm-hmm. uh, and I found three at... Uh, I actually found one at home. Oh, yeah? Yep. And then I found two at uh, McGivern. That, That's pretty good. The biggest one I found was at... Uh, it's like a four-point with a... They have a brow? He's a nice nice frame three- or four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's... Um, I walked for like 20 minutes in Ohio. I, a lot of people saw the story I posted. I got that drill. Picked that drill up. So I'll keep people posted on that. We did strike a chord with people. <clears throat> I thought this was interesting. Uh, are you following TikTok now or no? No. So we did strike a chord with people on the... Uh, <laughs> is the Midwest... Speaking of North Dakota, is the Midwest easier to kill big deer than? There's a lot of agreeance in that. Sure, yeah, there's no question. Yeah, factual. One might. Say. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that's. I would anybody contest that? I mean, uh, I just thought maybe there were a couple Midwesterns, Midwesterners. Of course, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not that easy in Iowa. Yeah, well, yeah. And we, we, you know, we don't blame you either. It's like, how, how could you know? And yeah. why would you yeah, leave? Well, yeah, why would you leave? Yeah. You'd kill three bucks if you're a landowner in Iowa. Why would you go anywhere else? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, deer just where are where they are, man. And it's like, I was telling you this morning, it's weird even just to go out to these places like where I've killed some nice deer yeah. in Ohio, and it's like, yep, they're here. Like, yep, there's... This is why. <laughs> this, this is where they're at. Yeah. Just yeah. Thickets with giant rubs and giant scrapes, and you, they, they just are where they are, you know, and they are where people aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can keep the pressure off and... uh you know, improve the habitat with, you know, timber work or adding food or adding water, like, and, but ultimately you gotta, you gotta stay out. At some point we'll have a discussion, probably go down on the neighborhood route as well. Cause I think that the more that we've been on property, you say to go down on it, <laughs> the neighborhood route, go down okay. the neighborhood route, go down the neighborhood route. Yes. That's what okay. I mean. Uh, but I think it'll be interesting cause that, I know a lot of people say that has a big effect, but the biggest. That's the biggest thing. That's the main thing. I if think, your deer get killed, they mm, don't get older. And but I that's think, just math. Well, <laughs> simple math. To carry the one. Did, but does that mean like one landowner, or is it the whole neighborhood? Uh, you think one bad the, parcel? The more liberal the the hunting, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the less hunt, the less neighbors it takes. Yeah. If one neighbor can go out in Ohio and and dump a corn pile from 100 yards away, you know, my, my yeah. scenario there, yeah, it only takes one. Mm-hmm. Uh, or one property, because, you know, a lot of people can hunt one property. I think that's the big one. Yeah. Yeah, is that people say, oh, you know, they only own 30 acres. Well, seven guys hunt it. Yeah. Yeah, seven buck tags. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest piece. And again, when you start talking about leasing or buying, like how the hell do you figure that out? You know, besides talking to the neighbors. Well, dude, people just don't, their perception, they're like, well, I don't understand. Like, we have four guys hunting 100 acres. I'm like, you're screwed. It's not. <laughs> it's not happening. Like, and you're screwed. It's not happening. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, again, it goes back to the fact, like, especially if you buy land, like, you want to enjoy it. Um, but again, the least amount of time you spend on that land, the better it's likely going to be. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing for people because, again, you, you want to be on that property, whether you think you're approving it. There's it's a diminishing return. I mean, it's self-control. There. It's discipline. Like, if you, if, you know, and you don't have to buy a property for hunting. Like, not, not everybody does that. Sure. But if you're going to buy a property with the intentions of, of hunting it, and that's, that's the primary thing, yep. 
Can't do anything else there. No. Like, pretty much. Yeah, I agree. You know, you got to just let it set. I mean, these properties that I walked yesterday, you know, the ones where I kill consistently in Ohio, we don't we don't touch them. Nobody's on Nobody's them. Nobody's on them. Mm-hmm. We don't ever go there. They're on neighboring properties and stuff. You They're know. not that big either, are they? Uh-uh. No, the... The one's like a a, a one sixty thirty, yeah. They're both like in that hundred one thirty range. Yeah, you know. So I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong, not super small farms, but yeah. not giant farms either. Yeah. Um, and compared to you know my parents' farm, which by acreage is much larger. Yeah. You know they hunt way better. Hmm. And it has everything to do with pressure. That's it. Pressure will kill. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, we appreciate you joining us this week for Lucas Psycho, episode 119. Psycho killer. Nick, better fill up your gas tank before we get out of here. <laughs> yep. Don't want to have to pick you up on the side of the road. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Later. It's take me home.